Pretty pictures for the show. That's almost the logo for the show, bro. Like, you know, when we're going to set this up to be on uh, iTunes or whatever, they have to, you're supposed to have an icon kind of image next to the feed. It's probably the image. That. Yeah, we could use that. That's a good shot, bro. I it like it because it covers the weed, too. Well, it yeah. covers, yeah, it's all aspects of it, right? I'm rocking an Omerta shirt. I got some big goofy smile on my face. This thing is like this picture, it's like six o'clock in the morning or something. Warren's <laughs> looking mean, and then we got a weed cup, right? Like it represents everything really, really well. And yeah. we could totally frame out the California. Hey, whatever. Like it's fine. It's from uh, Weed California. Cares, yeah. <laughs> well, it's, dude, yeah, that's a, that was a present from uh, that cup, actually, because we can talk about that cup, Dave, right? That was the reason why that, uh, that guy got punched out, the Monomark guy, right? It was because of that cup. He was taking a picture with that cup. Oh, what was he? Oh, yeah, bro. The, the guest. What the guest. fuck are you doing, bro? I love weed, too. Oh, yeah, put that cup down. Boom. You don't even give people a chance to, like, realize. Like, they're all fucking <laughs> discombobulated. They're standing on stage. All, right, Slayer, out, all this cut, other cut, shit's cut, going cut, on, and then cut. you just knock Yo, them the bro. fuck out. Cut, cut. Time out. Save that for later. Save this story for later. Right now, we're not <laughs> Let's lead into the show, right? Are we ready? I mean, we're already, this is the show started. All right. So, I mean, our first, this is our first episode, right? We got, yeah. we got like 25 minutes before our guest comes on. We got an epic guest. And we got a little bit longer than that, but whatever. Fucking, you know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, cool. So, um, welcome to the Dabganistan podcast, right? Dave, to how are you? This is Dave. This is Warren. It's very good, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's get a little fucking background on uh, what we're trying to do over here, yeah? All right. So, premise, I've done a handful of podcasts. Warren's done a handful of podcasts. And I had a bunch of people hitting me up saying, you know, that we should host one. Um, it's not something I had ever really thought about doing. But I was immediately like, well, dude, if I'm going to do one, I'm bringing Warren on because we talk on fucking, you know, FaceTime and shit all the time anyway. And uh, just the stupid antics are, you know, fun enough and sitting around smoking weed together. So I hit Warren. We're fucking entertained, dude, so. I hit Warren. Warren fucking grabbed the reins and started, yeah, yeah, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and so here we are. <laughs> First of all, you said we we're going to take this shit seriously, and that's what I'm fucking doing. So don't give me shit for that. Right? I'm fucking goddamn dude. You said, let's take this serious. We're going to really do this. And that's what I'm doing, right? Everything I do, I take serious, man. Shit. <laughs> no, no shit. That's why you got me involved. Because you knew I was going to take this shit serious. <clears throat> smoking up. Um, I'm smoking on some Motor Breath 4. Nice. M Motor Breath 4. Nice. I got some Gorilla Glue here, so... All right, so listen, the, um, let's, let's tell people a little background on uh, um, how we met, right? And, and what you do and what I do and, and all that stuff, right? And then we'll get into the premise of the, the, the podcast, the name of the podcast, right? Yeah, like we can get into more of our history and all that shit later in later episodes and stuff. Like, I mean, as far as, uh, so how we met, I'm in the cannabis industry. I own a couple of cannabis companies or a part owner of a couple of cannabis companies. And um, one of my buddies that I met through the cannabis industry, turns out was the tour manager for Slayer. And I was a fan since a young child. And 
in exchange. Look, 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 look at you, look at you, look at you. Look at you, bro. I look good, man. Shit, look at that. I'm on the cover of some magazine. I'm on the cover, basically well, the cover on. of Rolling Stone. Are, are you are you on the cover of that magazine because you work for Slayer or because you're some fuck, some uh, weed guy? I think it's it, a little bit of both, right? You know, it's a little bit of both. It, it, All right, you're welcome. I was never, in fact, I was never approached to be on the cover until after the silly Slayer bullshit. So. Yes, okay, so you're welcome. Continue your story. So, uh... So I go out to a couple of shows, uh, Mike on that, the year that, uh, and it was, was 2017. Um, Mike tells me to hit a couple of shows and is like, yo, I can't like tell you if you could be on the bus or anything. Um, Cause I'm like, well dude, can I come to a few? And he's like, look, I mean, you would have to ride on the bus. I don't really control any of that shit. Um, so you'll have to meet those guys. But he's like, you gotta be in New York. Cause it turns out they were doing the Jimmy Fallon show. And then you gotta be in LA. Uh, because they were recording what became that uh, that the movie. movie, yeah, the little movie thing yeah. that dropped with yep. videos and shit. And so I roll into New York um, with a significant amount of cannabis. Well, hold cannabis. on, all right, stop there, right? right. So on, while this is going on on my end, this guy is telling me that hey, this guy's gonna come out and ride for a little bit, and I was like, what do you mean he's gonna ride for a little bit? Who is this? Who is this guy? Like. Why would we just let him ride? Why do you know? Why not your bus? Why does he got to be on our bus, right? You know what I mean? And uh, which, knowing and, what you know, I know now, I get it way better because it's like it's pretty tight. Sure, yeah, it's intimate. Like it's, it's a bunch, yeah, right? yeah, intimate. Yeah, it's Good like words. it's like staying at somebody's house. You know what I mean? You ain't just gonna roll with somebody you don't know and stay at their house. You know what I mean? That's crazy, right? So, but um, so I'm being told this, and I'm like, dude, this guy's not riding. Like, what? Like, what's the deal? Is he gonna like get us weed every day? Like, I didn't understand the concept. <laughs> Like, I, you know, it was cool to meet you. You're going to come out and bring us some shit. Cool, great, whatever. But, like, for you to ride, it was like, why? You know, what's the point of that, bro? I just didn't understand. Well, and there's some, like, some dudes will ride along that you guys know, right? But they'll only ride, like, one or two shows. And it'll be, like, sure. a dude that used to work for the band. Or it's a photographer that you guys know forever and shit. Like, right? another guy. Yeah, the guy, another, a guy in a band, right? You know what I mean? We had, like, Randy ride with us before. You know what I mean? So... It, it like, but for you, like, dude, somebody we don't know, and like, it's just like, well, you're and, pretty much a random guy, right? I was gonna say a random fan, like, you're gonna have a random fan get on the well, fucking no, bus. You were a friend of somebody, so you weren't like, yeah, yeah, a random guy we picked out in the crowd, but it was like, yeah, pretty much you were just some random guy, right? So, all right, so we had a day off in New York City, right? So, yeah, you, you call up, you call up Mike and get you put me in touch with me, or whatever you come. Well, yeah, you guys are like everybody got in at fucking 4 a.m. or something that night. And so I stood, I stayed up and I met Mike. And then the next day, they all had to roll out with management. I didn't really know the band at that point and shit. And I was like, well, where's the rest of the fucking crew? Don't because he had told me before, he's like, well, dude, because so the reason I know Mike is because he used to tour manage for Snoop Dogg. And when Snoop would go over into Europe, the guy that would hook them up was this dude that started the first seed company from a, from the U.S. and he had moved over to Amsterdam, and he's the guy that introduced me. So Mike had already told me that, dude, Slayer crew smokes more weed than Snoop's crew, which is impressive, right? Everybody thinks about Snoop as a fucking weed dude, and you know, sure. people don't really associate Slayer as a weed band now. No. Amongst amongst the crews and people that know the band know that that crew fucking blazes like champs, right? So anyway, I roll in stacked. And, and I couldn't go out with them that night. They're going out to dinner with, you know, management or some shit. And so I was like, well, where the fuck is the crew? Like, I'll just go hang out with them. And he was like, well, they're just hanging out in some hotel down the street. And I was like, well, what the fuck, dude? I'll just walk down there and rolled in. And it was you, your brother, AKA the Belgian uh, and 
was Johnny there? I don't know if Johnny was there that first. I don't think so. No, I don't think he was in. I don't think he was. Yeah, I don't think he was hanging out in the room. And so I rolled in and busted out, you know, a bunch of weed yeah. and ancillary weed-related products that. Well, uh, and, and then I and then I kind of just looked at you. I was like, "Well, like, where'd you just come from? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and you were like, "Well, I, you know, I, I, you know, I came from home or whatever." And I, I was like, "Well, is that all for us?" And you're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "All right, well, yeah, sure, man. I guess so. I guess you could ride for a couple of days. Sure, why not? Right." That's how it worked, you know what I mean? Yep. And, the, and then, then... In that process, right, we became, you know what I mean? On that tour, we became really good friends, me and you, right? We fought, and you you were only supposed to ride a couple days. You end up fucking finishing out the whole goddamn tour, I think, yeah, right? I stayed the rest. You rode all the way, you know what I mean? Right? I made you cancel. You had fucking booked all these. So your friend, right, that ho- that told you about this tour, made you how spend how much money on fucking hotel room oh god it was thousands you know what i mean well, i didn't know oh, what was so, up right like he didn't know what was up so i ended up just booking hotel rooms but I, with gave the you, band. I gave you a heads up when you you were, you were able to cancel enough of that right you know yeah, yeah. so and you you just ended up staying in my room and we hung and we, we ended up becoming good friends right and fast yeah. forward a couple of months that tour ends whatever fast forward a couple months to uh to the next year when we start up the other cycle right and uh what happens i basically insist that you have to be there right yeah, yeah. The next, yeah, the next run. Basically, Warren says, uh, you know, that I ain't touring without him. Like, I gotta have a weed tech. So basically, Warren takes me over as the weed tech. I'm supposed to be Slayer's weed tech, and it really ends up that I'm Warren's weed tech and just standing there dabbing out stage right. Warren and Johnny constantly. AK is the guy up in the front, so he can't always get over there and hang out on stage right. And then Royce, Warren's brother, fuck him by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, he's actually running the shit, right? So he can't sit, sit around and just blaze like a champ. So it's pretty much the three of us just sitting around smoking weed all the time. Dude, even the second show, I thought I was going to pass out on the fucking stage. Like it, it was hot as balls and we were in Baltimore and shit. So anyway, whatever. Like 2018, I come back out uh, because we're just going to hang out together. Um, uh, Pat Penis uh, tries to kick me off. Like he's cool with me being out there for a couple days. Right. Bro, it, it was a plot, a plot of construction <laughs> to get rid of you. And what happened, bro? I put my fucking foot down, right? Remember how the, the look of disappointment on his face when he'd come over and I would just look at him like, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And he it would became, just look at me and just be like. It became very uncomfortable. <laughs> yes. Yes. And then. Uh, but and then what happened? What yeah. happened, right? Because well, you stuck around. What happened? Well, so, you know, we should even touch on the first part of our plan was that I was going to shadow you in case you had to bail and I was going to take over for Gary, right? Like I basically Warren was going to sort of slide me in as a guitar tech. Cause he knew like at that point we had become friends and he knew I was a guitar player and super into it. Right. And thought this would be super neat because I could work for the band. And, you know, interestingly in my life, like I, I could, dive from my regular jobs and at least right, dedicated a long this. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we were training me to take over on stage right, at least potentially. And then the other guitar tech shits the bed. Um, he sucks. Carrie fires him. And really, while which, we're out which, there... Which, like, yo, by the way, never fucking happens, right? I mean, you get fired, but you get fired at the end of the tour. You know yeah, yeah, you, you, don't, you don't get invited don't get back. Called back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so so he fires in mid-tour. Uh, guy shits the bed. The final straw is like the largest show Slayer's ever played, right? Like that was the biggest show they've ever done? The biggest um, headlining show, like the biggest draw. Like, you know what I mean? That was the most uh, the most people, right? At, at, you know what I mean? At a headlining show they ever played. 
Like, you know, we played that that venue before, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. headlining, it was how many people? It was like 23,000 or something. I think like it, that. I thought it breached 30. It oh, was but fucking, there you go. It was, it was like, fucking that means, huge. It, you're talking, we're talking about the uh, the amphitheater in Chicago, Tinley Park. Anyone knows that's been there, fucking plenty of Ozfests, you know, we've done there, whatever. And yeah, that place was fucking packed. It was packed. <laughs> it was crazy, yeah, right? Packed. And, and dude, he, he dude shits up. the bed. Uh... What, is, what, what happened, though? <laughs> Tell him what happened, bro. Because that was like, not even like shits the bed. Because, yo, you make mistakes, shit happens, right? But like, dude, <laughs> yeah, I did. What happened, bro? Like, what happened? Dude? Come so on. he, uh, <laughs> so. You got to kind of understand if you're not into Slayer, I assume anybody listening to this is probably into Slayer, right? But but a lot of the songs start with just the guitar player fucking banging shit out. So it's like, you know, the drums, and then it's guitar riff, guitar riff, guitar riff, boom, boom, everybody else comes in kind of shit. <laughs> and so Carrie's carrying that riff. It was Angel of Death, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the last song of the set. set it was the last song. So Carrie starts and it's like, boom. Silence, <laughs> dead silence. Thirty thousand fucking people bro, in the dead audience. Silence, bro. Dead silence. <laughs> yeah. When Johnny, we're just right away. We're like, oh shit, bro. I cover my eyes right away. I think and Johnny so, turned away. And he, I think he completely just turned away. Right. So, <laughs> so, so then it's like, okay, everybody collect themselves. He has a chance to fix it. <laughs> Boom. Nothing. <laughs> dead, dead silence. <laughs> Everybody's like, what the fuck, right? This guy's a professional. Like, the tech has been in the business 16, 17, 20-something years, right? Sure, sure. Yeah, forever, right? So everybody gives him a chance to correct again. Boom. Nothing. <laughs> so that's three, right? That's three. Three. And at that point, what is, I think Carrie yelled at him, right? At that yeah, point. Carrie looks over. It's like, what the fuck? Right? Which I, something I don't, like, I don't have a lot of, I've never, yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with Carrie. Um I mean, I do now, but at that point, I, you know, I, this is all new to me, right? Carrie fucking yells at him across the stage, according to the guys. That ain't never happened that before. Happened, bro. <laughs> like, yo, Carrie yelling at you, like, off the stage, on stage? Yeah, that's, that, that's just never happened. And then, and I was standing over there, right? Because at that point, like, you saw what was going on, and you were oh, like... Oh, I do. I, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that this guy... You knew that shit, up. yeah, shit was fucking up, and you were like, yo, you should probably stand over there and just, you know, make sure you know how to step in if something, you know, goes down. Well, that night was that, you're right, because that was the night I was like, yeah, go over there and watch for some reason. Right? You had been why. like that for several nights, right? But then the dude had... Why did kind, that do that? He started doing well. The reason you did is I was going to go take pictures that night. I was like, dude, I mean, he's got it, right? It's fine. Like, you'll be fine. And I was like, dude, I think I'm going to go take pictures and you looked at me and you were like really you think that's a good idea because i think you should probably be standing over there on that side of the stage making sure you know what the fuck's going on <laughs> and i was like all right man fuck right i'll be standing over there and like <laughs> i don't remember that oh yeah dude like and so like you know and i didn't want to be offensive to the tech that's it's his job right i didn't want to be like i'm standing over his shoulder so i was just kind of standing back taking pictures and shit and i saw all that shit go down and what had happened so when the guy's changing guitars, right, you switch channels, basically. Like, a lot of people may not realize what techs do, right? There's a dude behind the curtain that's actually doing all the guitar switching and channel switching and all that stuff for the artist that's out there so the artist can focus on playing. So what he had done is, like, when you swap guitars, you know, or you pull the thing out to, you know, the plug out to fucking tune it real quick or whatever, you switch the channel so that it doesn't make any noise and you could do your shit, hand him back, switch him back on. And he just hadn't switched the channel back on. How you go Was through- that what happened? He just- Fuck yeah, dude, that's all. Cause then all of a sudden he like, he snapped back 
which I understand the whole after, hey after the fourth time, right? Because he's but after the third one, on the fourth time, he looks over and is like, "Oh, click," and then song starts. Fuck, <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> which I get right. Like I, I froze. <laughs> like there's no doubt when I left Carrie unplugged, I straight fucking froze. Right now, the first time I left, so there's twice, right? First yeah, time, but I you're left, inexperienced, bro. Yeah, I didn't know my ass from a hole in the ground, right? The first time I left him unplugged, you saw me. I went sliding fucking me on my knees out on the stage like a fucking idiot. <laughs> and I'm like right under Carrie. All right, well, that's, look, that's moving too far ahead of the story. All right. right. We haven't gotten there yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> you fucking clown. So I get it, though, right? I get them all. Like... <laughs> You're such a fucking clown, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that shit was awesome. So anyway, dude shits the bed. I'm like, I'm like, Carrie, I could do this job, dude. <laughs> and and so I qualify, like I got a degree in guitar and shit, and I got a Kaler on a guitar at home. Like I know how to set up floating trucks. Oh, I'm sitting the there, se I'm Put selling the coach. shit. For <laughs> me and coach, I'm looking at you like, bro, what are you fucking doing? Like, do you realize what you're volunteering for? Like, you know, right now you're a guest. You, you have brain of like, you know what you mean? You could do whatever you want, fucking whatever. Like, yo, you sign up for this, yo, you actually got to work. Like, you got to focus and work, man. Like, you can't just, you know? <clears throat> like, it ain't going to be fucking, oh, I'm going to tech and then take pictures and shit. On the, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to fucking... I know, right? I went, you, I went you, from you being able to wake up. You, you fucking argue with me and went, yo. I, put me I could wake up... In. <laughs> I could wake up at 9.30, scratch my nuts, look for catering, <laughs> eat a big old breakfast before yeah, going out all on that the stage, up, right? right? And then, all right, so that's what happened was you became the tech, right? And what happened? You ended up actually fucking doing okay. You actually did good. You fucking, he actually fucking liked it, you know what I mean? I pulled it off. The first leg, I pretty much did my best job of being friends with Carrie. I could tune the guitar and shit, right? Like, I, I did that part okay, but I was drunk. I was... I wasn't worried about the guitar shit, bro. I was worried about the loading in at fucking eight a.m. and yeah, that's fucking loading out and that's you know I mean? do you even do you even know what stage where stage right is or where stage left is? Like holy fuck, bro! Like nope. You know what I mean? <laughs> Royce taught me the first day. Royce is like, this is downstage, this is upstage, stage left, stage. We're like he barked it at me so fast, and at first I was like, <laughs> I'm like, why do what? I need? Why do I need to know that? Look right? <laughs> look at you. Look intently working. <laughs> that was my first day. I'm like, look, there's like. It, it looks like you're actually like like growing a weed plant. <laughs> look, look, Willie, Willie's there on the side, like lifting his glasses because he's like, "This guy's so good that I'm gonna have to lift my sunglasses and see how awesome he is." <laughs> he's just watching you. He's watching you, wondering how the fuck is this guy standing here doing this right now? Why is he standing here doing this? <laughs> well, they all knew. All you guys knew no how stupid shit. this was. Everybody the next day was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> You're the fucking tech now? Like, what the fuck? Like, Will, Willie was proud like, of me. Willie was proud of me. That was a that was a look of pride in his face right there. That's what that was. Bro, they, they were all nice to you to your face. Back on the bus, they all laughed at you, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, maybe. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It was fun. It was fun. So I was drunk the whole first leg. You were you're an idiot. You don't even drink. You don't even don't. fucking drink. I don't. Right? But you were drunk the whole time drunk the entire time like i mean it, it got oh, to wait, where hold on was that was that the, wait is was that the leg that ended in iceland <laughs> yeah okay so let's talk about drinking on tour right what lesson did you learn on that right on the first leg from drinking when i which i told you not to do right i was like yo you gotta control your party like yo don't not party but party bro you know that's what the fuck right but Jesus Christ, like, yo, get it, like, do it right. Hey, you know what I mean? 
this may be news, but you know, Kerry King does a lot of drinking. <laughs> and what did I tell you the first day, bro? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did a lot of drinking. Um, it was pretty much, I, it, I almost okay, got so listen, to where I enjoyed the last it. last show was in Austin, right? You got so hammered, right? Well, you came on the bus. Let's talk hammered. about why. We made, we, made, we made you take a dab, which just put you to the next level. That was level. not you good. Went, like, you went I, to your bunk and passed out, You shouldn't out, have right? done that. You shouldn't have done that to me. So is, you're saying it was your fault. No, I'm not saying anything. Oh, I put all the liquor down your throat, right? Sure. Okay. You put, you put so the dab in my throat. Oh, yeah. Too bad. Over the edge. Man up, bro. All right? So well, uh, hang on. Let's talk about why I was drunk first, because I did leave Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> I did leave Carrie unplugged you earlier. Made the same mistake as the last guy, except no. it wasn't like the most no, no, proud. This was the same ever. mistake that I had made on my fourth show. So I left Carrie unplugged one time, and the first time, you know, it was my, I was new. It was like my fourth or fifth show. I go sliding across the fucking stage on my knees, like jack him in like while we're playing he had almost turned he had almost stopped the song and i got him plugged back in but it was also a song that goes clean to dirty and shit and like i go running back over to my side <laughs> and my heart like i thought i was gonna pass out right <laughs> i'm just like jesus christ and then it fucking it goes to dirty right and i missed it because i'm like i'm still sitting there like my head right like and then it's like, and I hear it go, and I'm like, oh shit, click, right? So, so I just fucked it up every which way. Austin, last show of the tour. At this point, I've been killing these shows, right? I'm thinking, fuck, I got this, right? Like my confidence is killing these shows. You've been doing okay, all right? Get the fuck out of here, Jack. murdering it, like that. murdering that Get shit. The fuck out of here, bro. You were doing okay, all right? <laughs> anyway, man, you kept the guitars clean and in tune, and the rig fucking sounded decent, all right? Anyway, despite the level of awesomeness that I was bringing to the table, that night, I left him unplugged again, and it was on the beginning of payback, and it was because that goddamn warlock, it plugged into a different spot, right, than the rest well, of bro, them. Bro, you basically hand them a guitar, press the button, and realize the guitar you handed them wasn't plugged in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was another one, it was another one of those where it's like, boom, and nothing but carry. And so, like... And so this time, right? Like me and Carrie have been getting drunk together every fucking night and shit. This time he laughed, right? Yeah, yeah. This time but I look also, up. At bro, you gotta understand. He also knows, like, dude, you're a, a, a homie that's like stepping in to help him out. You're not like some dude we hired, some fucking twenty-year-old professional. You know what I mean? That we hired, Still, right? So, I took it seriously, right? Like, I mean, it's well, like my favorite band what, and shit. Like, he knew that. That's why you were there. But at the same time, he's not gonna put you in the same light as some, you know, some twenty-year-old professional, right? So you fuck up something like that to him. Bro, it's funny, right? Because you can see the panic on your fucking face. So, oh, yeah. That's to him is probably funnier than anything that's going on, right? This time, straight up, I, my eyes go big, and I put my fucking head in my hands, and I look up at him. Because I heard it, right? Obviously, my ears are in. And he's swinging the fucking cable at me. He already knows yep. what happened, right? Like, this time, there was no, there's no mystery. He knew exactly what I had done. Because I already he probably looked down and just looked. Said, oh, guitar's yeah. not plugged in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I look up and he's fucking dangling it at me. And I'm just like, like, I don't know what the hell's going on. And then he's like, and, and I freeze, right? And I just straight froze. And he's like, dude, hit the button so I can plug it in. And I'm like, oh, click. And he plugs his shit in and I go, click. You're good, dude. <laughs> he starts to play a song every night oh, after yeah, that. Bro, I was dying. I was laughing. I was, you got drunk, right? And you, whatever you want, because what, what happens so, when you fuck up on a Slayer tour? You get punished by, by taking penalty shots, right? That's right. That's right. You, you, got, kid, 
you have, you to, you have to go um, back to right? yeah, your restroom and do shots, right? You know what I mean? And, yeah. and if you're smart, like I taught you, you would take one shot and bounce. Right. Uh, Instead, uh, hey. you, it's sit in the room, hang out, and end up doing twenty shots. Right. Well, so, let's qualify it. That night, Carrie had a small cup for me. It was not a oh, shot. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're it it right. wasn't fucking around. I'm pretty sure it was one of those little Jaeger flasks that he just poured into a solo cup. And he was like, "Well, you got to drink that whole thing." <laughs> so, so I it that started it, and then it just went downhill from there. I kept taking shots. Okay, right. So you got bombed, right? You get on the bus, you do that, go to your bunk, you pass out, right? Now we're leaving. We're going to check in at, at Austin uh, at airport at Austin Airport, right? So let's qualify real quick. I thought it was all over, right? It's the last no, no, show. No, 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 no. Hold on. The you last show, right? I knew you that they yeah, yeah, Iceland. yeah. But I mean, the, the tour's over. I thought somebody else takes this stuff, right? Like somebody else handles yeah, that. Us. What do you mean, somebody else? But what, what, what are you talking? Why we do have we people have for pack? that? Well, hold on. Why did we have you pack up all the guitars individually at the end of the night after well, the show? Because somebody got uh, 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 Yeah, yeah, I know. I thought we had people for that. You? And how come, how, how did, like, you knew when we packed it up, you saw where we put it, right? Into the trailer behind our bus, right? I did. I thought okay. somebody else handled that shit, man. Like, I really thought we had people for that. And so I passed you know, out. We had people, yeah. Us, <laughs> us. Uh, yeah, I know. We handled that. Right? You and, when you, and, and you and Royce told when me. When I explained to you, we're going to another system, right? It, it was fucking. for us to be rigged. Right? It was four o'clock in the morning, right? Like four o'clock in the fucking morning. Of course if I was you passed didn't out. drink all that, who cares what time it is? Right? I mean, that was fucking ridiculous. Uh, whatever, bro. So we had to wake <laughs> you up, right? We had to yell at you, get all your shit fucking, you know what I mean? Drag What's it to up, the hotel. And, and, and what happened, bro, right? What happened? So, so basically, we have to go check into this fucking hotel. And I left all of my shit on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, and I'm not saying like just so. Okay, so what happened like here? Like I you know, left. We bring all this stuff to the hotel, right? You go to your room, you go to sleep, right? Next morning, I wake up early. I, I take a shower, whatever. I go scout. I walk around the hotel to, to scout an area to blaze, right? And what do I do? I run into you. And well, the look on your face. Four o'clock in the morning. Look on your morning. face. No, 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 no. Time out. The look on your face. Okay, <laughs> it looked like somebody had told you your puppy died. Like that, you like you had just like like you know what I mean? Like some tragic, crazy event just happened. To well, here, like, so like because ten, ten minutes before that, I woke up in a fucking panic, and I'm like, wait a second, I left all my shit on the bus, <laughs> and I'm like, but the bus is always in the parking lot, right? The bus will be there. So, and I'm like, well, I can't call Warren and tell him that I left all my shit on the bus because these guys have been barraging me the whole time, right? Like Warren and Royce are fucking brutal. Will, what's up, dude? Oh, what's Will, up? what's up? We have the Bay Area legend, Will Carroll. Oh, Jesus hey. Christ, Will's on. All right, Will, dude. Okay, so this, let's let's get into our first guest, the Bay Area <laughs> legend, Will Carroll, right? Drummer How's for Death doing? Angel. How what's you up? doing, brother? I'm doing good, man, doing good. You look great, you look great. Thank you. Feel great. Well, that's awesome to hear. We're glad to have you, sir. You are here on our very first episode. You are our very first guest. Yes. You're the best. Thank you for doing this. It's an honor to have you um, uh, do the show with us, man. Thank you. My pleasure. And damn, you are looking lean and mean since that picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So, I've dropped some pounds since then, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, let's let's get into this. Let's let's uh, let's get into your history a little. Right. So you're you're currently play drones for Death Angel, but you're, dude, you're a Bay Area legend, right? You've been around for, for years. You know what I mean? So let's get into some of the bands you played in. 
Uh, well, I started playing live in the Bay Area scene in 1989. And uh, since then, like, see, I've been in a, I did a tour with Machine Head. That was my first tour I ever did. Uh, I was in Vicious Rumors for a while. Um, I did a, I did a show with uh, Laws Rocket. <laughs> um, and I had a band called Old Granddad. That was pretty popular for over 10 years in the Bay Area. So that took up a chunk of my time. Um, and Ted and I have had bands together back in the day. Like our first three bands were together, Armament, Warfare DC, and Brood. Uh, and then we went off our separate ways for a while and then ended up back in Death Angel together. But uh, yeah, just I've been jamming for a long time. I was in a band with Chris Spencer from The Unsane called The Cutthroats Nine. Um, lots of stuff. Wow, nice. <laughs> All right. Well, years. Hey, real quick. I mean, when did you start playing? Like that's 30. When I was 10 years old. Wow. Uh, so uh, in uh, 83. Wow. Um, was metal your first, like, was it rock or metal, like, your first love, or was it, like, something right else? Away. Oh, yeah, rock. I was I was listening to Kiss when I was five years old. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, awesome. cool, cool, cool. yeah me too. And, who, and, and was there, like, like an older brother or someone in the picture that influenced totally. you with Kiss? Totally. It was uh, two older brothers and an older sister got me into Aerosmith and The Who and, nice. and ACDC and all the classic 70s bands. But that's how I got exposed to it at such a young age. Now, 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 now we're going to go a little deeper. Now, were your were, were your parents into rock and stuff like that? Not rock, but they were both uh, musical people. Uh, my dad was a singer. He put out an album back in the oh, wow. in the early '60s or late '50s. It was Irish folk music. <laughs> so uh, he, he he was into that scene. <laughs> and my mom, like, she played piano, and there was always music going on in my house. So. I was around music ever since I was born. And did they encourage it? They bought you a drum kit? I mean, because totally. drums, drums is tough for a parent, right? Like that, of, of all instruments for your kids. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's fuck, like the man. instrument that, that people be like, yo, you play anything except drums, right? Don't learn drums, right? So. Yeah, uh, they encouraged music on, on me and all my sibling, siblings. Uh, like the rest of them were playing like trumpet and flute and trombone. And I didn't want to play any of those type of instruments because they weren't in Kiss, you know. <laughs> so uh, the, the only instrument they they had at school that had anything to do with rock music was drums. They didn't have guitar. I wanted to be a, 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 a guitarist initially, but they didn't have guitar in school, so I picked drums because that was the closest thing to what I was listening to. Sure. So uh, yeah, they were super. Did you do a uh, marching band and stuff like that in school too? Uh, I did concert band and jazz band and symphonic wow. band. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All the way up until high school, uh, until like halfway through high school. And then I got kicked out of band because uh, I thought I was too cool to be in symphonic band because I was already in a thrash band opening for death and, <laughs> and violent stuff. So, nice. <laughs> wait, so you were doing that in high school? Yeah. Uh, I. I started playing shows uh, in the summer between my eighth grade year and my freshman year of high school. Holy but by shit. the time I was a sophomore, uh, Ted and I, our band Warfare, we were opening for violence and yeah, like death, pestilence, carcass, like a lot of big shows. Wow. So that's like almost full circle now that you play with Ted now in, in Death Age. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. That's, that's awesome, dude. That's, that's super cool. awesome. Going back to how tolerant my parents were, 
they used to let Warfare rehearse in our uh, garage. So it wasn't just me banging on the drums. It was a full thrash band uh, rehearsing in our garage. Like, oh, that's four days that, a week. That's, they usually were totally that's usually the responsibility of the parents that have a kid that play drums, right? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. When, when the kid actually plays in a band, well, guess what? Rehearsal is at your house. You know, you exactly. Know. exactly. <laughs> that's how it goes. So, all right, so let's touch base real quick on your first tour with Machine Head, right? Was where we actually first met, right? Yeah. Do you, do you remember the moment we met? Because I actually remember the moment we met, so. I mean, I, re I remember all the circumstances around that, that meeting. Uh, it was in Ashbury Park. Yep, uh, at Stone Pony. Of, uh, the Stone Pony. Yep. A and Machine Head were on the their first headlining tour for Burn My Eyes, and it was with yep. Stuck Mojo. And 25 to Life were opening, and you were in 25 to Life. Yep. And I missed like how the whole rift started, but I was on the bus. But like during sound check or something, a rift happened between us and 25 to Life. When I say us, I mean Machine Head. I wasn't really involved in it. Well, so, okay. so what happened was wait, wait. Was Warren going to kick somebody's ass? I am fucking shocked. It's oh, hold on a sec. Look. Big thing. There was like like twenty people outside the club, all yelling at each other. And then, <laughs> of course, so of course. What, what happened was, all right. So you know, so we roll up, right? We know it's a big show. We're opening up for Machine Head. Like this is, you know, it's a big deal, right? So uh -huh. we, 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 you know, we roll up, we load in, and uh, we we, we kind of pick us a, a corner to set up. You know, the drummer, our drummer, who's like the nicest guy in the world. You know what I mean? Like, you know, not like the rest of the band, right? So. Like um, your old singer? <laughs> yeah, like, you know what I mean? Just that, you know what I mean? So he's uh, he's setting up, and somehow, I guess you guys were sharing a drum tech or something? It was your drum tech, right? Yeah, and, we were. And we were. he somehow got into it with, with our drummer, Harry. And it was like, and we kind of rolled up and was like, oh, oh, what's going on? Like, dude, you know, like, if someone's saying something, you know, something going on with Harry, it's got to be the other guy's fault. Harry's the nicest guy in the world. He would never ever be, you know what I mean, say anything confrontational or anyone, like, and uh, so we rolled up, and your your drum tech got, like, he just got loud with us, and it was like, all right, cool, well, guess what? In that town, unfortunately, at that time, it was a band called Fury 5, and all their homeboys were hanging out, because we were playing, right? And there was about 20 of them, and all those guys were ready to say, you know, to if we said sick them, then they would sick them, right? So, yeah. that's what happened, you know what I mean? So, um, Bunch of thugs. Uh, these guys, you know, got wind of what was going on, right? And <laughs> and next, you know, it was like, all right, all these, it was, at, at that point, it was almost beyond our control. You know what I mean? Because we were like, look, everything's worked out. We, we, we chilled it out, but those dudes got worked up and they're like, fuck it, we're going to beat everyone up, right? Yeah, I, I was sitting on the bus and I saw the whole thing unfolding. I was like, oh, shit, man, that's going to be like a gang fight going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was, so, um, uh, Thank God Hoyer was there, right? Hoyer from Madball. He was there, and he was friends with Rob, right? So Rob, you know, good for Rob. He came off the bus and actually came out to settle what was going on, right? And uh, basically Hoyer looked at all the dudes and was like, yo, check this out. Nobody ain't doing shit. We're, you know, it's cool, right? So, and then at that point, it was squashed. But I think everyone still felt uneasy because at one point, Logan came up to us and was like, Hey man, you know, are you gonna take my guitars and stuff? And we we're like, nah, dude, like, we're just gonna wanna play a show, bro. It's cool. Like, you know, it's cool. We ended up doing the show, whatever. And I think I was standing outside the venue 
uh, smoking a blunt and, and you guys were do like finished playing it and we're doing an encore or something and you came out the side door to take a take a break and that's when I actually met you. Like, okay. That's when I was like, oh, you know, hey, how you doing? I'm Warren. Oh, yeah, I'm Will. I'm Will Carroll. Because I'll, I'll never forget that. Because like fast forward 20 years later, when I ran into you again and you know, you're Will Carroll, I was like, oh, hey, I know. I met you before, you know? And yeah, that, yeah. that moment, for some reason, flashed back in my mind, right? So you were Another bass. funny thing that happened during that whole incident, uh, somehow someone, someone, the word got around that someone from your crew or whatever had a gun. So everyone on the bus was was freaking out, like, oh, man, that guy right there, I think he has a gun. We were all trying to look out the window and see if he was hiding a gun <laughs> under his shirt or something. No, and you know what? Somehow, someone... Maybe, yeah. And somehow uh, I ended up in a pickup truck with Adam Deuce and a fan or maybe a friend of the, of, of the band. And we were, it was on a Sunday. And we were driving around looking for uh, a sporting goods store that was open that sold guns. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you're your dirty, bro. You're not getting a gun home. Like, you guys ended up in a hardware store buying like hammers or something. No, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. That <laughs> was open on a Sunday was a hardware store. And we bought a bunch of ball peen hammers. <laughs> and everyone had their own hammer. And on stage, on stage while we were playing, they were ball feet hammered sitting on top of all the, the amps. That's fucking but great. On the I found out that story because years later, I ended up doing a tour with Machine Head. I worked for Machine Head and, you know, I, I brought that story up and they told me that. And, that, and I had never heard that before. But once they started yeah. laughing, I was like, dude, at that point, it was squashed. You know what I mean? So, it was cool, you know, so. That is fucking hilarious. Maybe that's where the song Maybe that's where the song Ten Ton Hammer came from. I'm not sure. <laughs> Maybe, but, uh, right? Funny <laughs> days. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Up, come up, so let's talk wait, about wait, wait. Why a ball peen? I was going to say, why a ball peen versus like a claw hammer? Because I think I remember Adam Deuce saying a ball peen hammer like, can induce the most damage. On a <laughs> oh, my God. If I remember correctly. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get the money. So I, I got to imagine the conversation when you're in there and be like, okay, guys, like, look, we have three different varieties of hammers. We could sit, we can go small <laughs> sledge. We could go claw, but the ball peen does the most damage. When you flip to the ball peen side, it'll crack a skull right open. Yeah, yeah, I would have I, I I, I I got, got involved, like how I ended up in that truck. <laughs> there was three of us driving around New Jersey looking for fucking stores open on a Sunday. Oh, man. <laughs> In Asbury fucking... Park back then, bro, there was like nothing open. You know what I mean? So, yeah, dude, I pers I personally would have bought a variety of hammers, right? So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like one of these, bro. This is my cracking hammer. This is my hammer for throwing. <laughs> Yo, I would have, dude. Look, if I was in that position, I would have two hammers, bro. One in each pocket, one in each hand, dude. Ready, just ready to go. I remember um, at one point during the set too, uh, <laughs> something happened in the crowd, and all the machine head guys took their instruments off and they were holding their hammers behind their legs. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But meanwhile, it was just a random fight in the crowd, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> hey, bro. Bunch listen, of degenerates. Rob knew who he was fucking with, all right? So 
that's what it's like and we got to play a show with a bunch of degenerates that are gonna fucking kill us all like holy that's, fuck. that's what happens bro Don't it's like i gotta focus cool, on remembering right? these lyrics and all these riffs just listen just be cool and nothing bad will happen right so, right cool. right oh man oh man that's dave awesome. you like that story that is right? fucking so that's our awesome first, that's the first time i met will carroll right so that yeah right. <laughs> but, uh, when, go ahead well you brought it up when, when we, we met again 20 years later and you brought it up i'm like oh dude i remember you a long time i was like oh my god <laughs> so so on that tour oh, that was were you just um on that one tour with machine head or were you like a member of machine head for a minute no it was just i was just a fill-in drummer um that was when Kato's just quit, right? Yeah, and they had this tour already booked, and it was kind of like an emergency situation. And they were trying out drummers, but uh, a friend of a friend like suggested me to Rob, and uh, through that, they asked me to come down to the studio and jam with them. And it was only like two or three days before the tour was starting. Damn. And uh, I think they, I, mean, I did a good job at the audition, and also I was local. I was a Bay Area guy, so that was a plus. So they just decided to, to take me on the road. Um, it was, like I said, it was the first tour I ever did. So I was really green. And I had never played more than two nights in a row live, you know? Wow. So this this was like an 11-week tour or something. It was a yeah, really yeah. long tour wow. of North America. And, uh, you know, there were some stretches of like, you know, 14 shows in a row. So, you know, I got oh, tired. Oh. I, I wasn't used to it, so... I played well for the most part, but there were some shows where I was showing fatigue, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so but there was never like <laughs> talk to me about joining the band officially. It was strictly a, a fill-in thing for the tour, and they had they had Dave lined up uh, by halfway through the tour. I think he was already going to be the, the official drummer, you know. Okay, all right. Yeah. And you're able right, to bust cool. out learning twenty-something songs in just a couple of days like that, huh? Yeah, you know, I, I uh, also oh, like, I, lied. Lied. I, I mean, I get it. So I did lie and said I owned Burn My Eyes, and I didn't own Burn My Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to borrow it from a friend, and I just uh, listened to it all night for a couple of days and nights, all day and night, and just air drummed in my living room. I, the first time I played it on an actual kit was when I jammed with them. So, wow. Wow. I, I pulled it off. <laughs> no, I, I remember I watched that night. You know what I mean? Because I, I, you know, uh, um, I was into contos as the drums, right? And uh, yeah, you know what I mean? so, drums on that so album. I, that's how I kind of knew of the band. You know, violence guys, right? Contos, the hardcore dudes. So I knew about him. And uh, and I remember, you know, when it, when I saw Machine Head that day, I was like, oh man, where's Contos? He's not in the band. But then when yeah. when you guys actually played, I was like, oh wow, this guy, you know, he did just as good, right? So you know what I mean? It wasn't like, oh, what a, what a disappointment. It was a good show. You did good. Right yeah, yeah. It's impressive to see that pulled off. I remember Gene stepping in for Anthrax when we were <clears throat> out on the road in 2018 or whatever. And I mean, he did the same Gene thing. He would, yeah, Gene, uh, he yeah. was sitting behind uh, Charlie and just air drumming, you know, watching everything he was doing so that he could just step in when Charlie had to bounce out for a few shows. Yeah, that was, and that one particular show was interesting because it was like, it was Anthrax featuring no original members. It was yeah. like, <laughs> I know. And like Ted and Rob from Death Angel both filled in on a couple of songs each, and you know, so that was a that was a trippy, very uh, unique Anthrax show. But it sounded good, definitely. Uh, everyone pulled it off really well. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I've seen. I saw Anthrax with uh, 
with Andreas, right? When he filled in for a couple of the big four shows, yeah. you know, he would, they, they were the, uh, looking for a stage right guy or whatever, and they brought Andreas, and it was awesome. It was, you know, Andreas, Sepultura Andreas? Yeah, Andreas yeah. Kisser from Sepultura. So. That guy, that guy's a freak we'll of nature. That story. Right? So, Will, real quick, has a, a memory for music that's unparalleled. That guy could learn songs. Oh, yeah, he's, he's like, I'm really? pretty sure he's classically trained, man. He, like, I man, saw him. like. He was playing some traditional classical piece, a duet with some guy yeah. when I saw it on his feed the other day. It's badass. Yeah. So real quick, uh, Will. So Dave is such a guitar collector, nerd, geek, like obsessive compulsive with, with these Ibanez gems that he found one in Brazil. And we had to like get Andreas to like pick it up for him. Like so he could Dave and get it like right away. You know what I mean? During like, pandemic. Hidden candy store, man. Like <laughs> during, during pandemic, just to make sure they didn't get staked wow. away. It popped up and then it, it got that that second one in uh got dropped off at Andreas's house. Cool. Yeah, it was epic. He's a good dude. He's, he's a great guy, man. I love Andreas. He's and a he, fan too. And he understood. Actually, I'm glad you brought that back up. I wanted to follow back up on that. I can't remember if it was Warren giving me a ton of shit about this the other night or not. Are you still a Kiss fan today, or is oh, it, yeah. or is it more of a nostalgia thing because of when you were, you know, five and eight years old? Oh, it gets, it grows. The older I get, the more, the more stuff Dude. I collect, and uh, yeah. I just Kiss fans are loyal, bro. I just listened to Destroyer or Resurrected today. Uh, I listen to Kiss every day, almost pretty much. <laughs> I have a Kiss mural right over here. Now, have, have you ever have you ever talked to uh, Have you ever talked to Frank from Hatebreed? Because he's like a, a huge Kiss guy too, right? You know, we, we actually uh, we played the Philippines and Hatebreed played with us in the Philippines. Uh, we did talk about Kiss backstage. I think we were both wearing Kiss shirts. <laughs> so you know, Kiss fans usually gravitate no, towards bro, each other when they're wearing Kiss shirts. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, we no, did. He's like you. About Kiss. Was that yeah, you giving me shit about that, Warren? What's that? I don't. I'm not a Kiss fan, dude. I'm not a Kiss <laughs> fan. But listen, yeah. if yeah, Kiss no. birth, if Kiss birth Will Carroll, then all right, cool. I, I mean, know, so I, I never, <laughs> I never diss Kiss. I'm just saying it's not for me. I you were giving like, me a ton of shit. So, Will, my my Kiss story when I was a little kid, that's what you know got me. I was I listened to Elvis and shit first, but then it was Kiss when I and it was the same thing. It was like the older kids that lived next door to my parents' house. Yeah, and I remember first it was like the playing cards. They had like the bubblegum playing cards thing. And they were out swapping those. And I'm like, yo, what is this? And then I saw Gene, right? And it's all fucking evil. And it's like blood and fire and shit. And I'm like, yo, dude, changed my life. And so I'm like six or some shit. I got to see yeah. him in concert. My dad, so my dad yeah. loved the... And he always did, even later, like as I was like studying music and had to be like, oh my God, I got to learn these scales to be, you know, a rock star someday and shit. He, uh, he loved the the show and all the fucking lights and the titties and you know i mean all the craziness and so he took us to a show um in 1979 they were on charisma tour and oh yeah and, and we rolled so we rolled backstage and we met somebody on local crew that like had one of the iron-on patches and that dude so we were fully garbed up like we had a, a a friend of the family that did uh like arts and crafts and shit and so she made me full demon boots and the chest plates and shit and like wings awesome i mean i was as jeaned out as i could be and so i was fully dressed up at the show and stuff and my dad took <laughs> us on the floor and so afterwards like the dude ripped one of the patches off and somehow he got the intel turns it my dad's into in, in military intelligence and all that shit so thinking about it later i'm like all right well he just figures shit like that out anyway we figured out where they were going to the airport and 
totally like a bunch of fan assholes too, right? Like, I mean, knowing enough artists and stuff at this point, it's relatively annoying to have to go through this, but we were little kids at the airport and I was full on Gene Simmons up and like got to be all the guys and Gene took a while oh, wow. to sit and talk to me and like took a picture with us and shit. And like, it, it was awesome. So I was a fan since I was six and, and it was the we're, same thing. I wanted to play guitar because of that, right? I wanted to be fucking on Because stage. of what? Because of what? Because of that. Exactly. You do go away. Shut it was up. amazing. Hey, eat a dick. <laughs> Wait, what, what, at the airport, were they still in their costumes and makeup? Or? No, no. So I got to see them without their makeup. And wow. So, yeah, it was amazing. Is that you, Dave, right that's there? That's me. That's me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Except I had, I had the wig at the show, too. I had a black wig and shit. Like, oh fucking. My God. <laughs> so look, only, I give it to kids because look they at, birthed, like, look, they birthed Will Carroll, they birthed Pantera, right? The Abbott Brothers are huge Kiss fans, right? John, so John I give Five's it to a huge Kiss fan. Like but it, I just do. I personally crazy. don't like that. So. It was amazing. Well, I mean, dude, I don't like Iron Maiden, right? So who you like? You know what I mean? Uh, right. I just I mean, got I'm not, this. I don't uh, like them. I just got this. Oh, holy shit! Oh, no. Will, Will ain't fucking around. <laughs> yeah. If you're a real Kiss fan, you're a real Kiss fan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you the thing, thing for me though is like it—it's a nostalgic thing for me. It's not, I'm, I'm weirdly in between. Like I have a, a crazy affection for it because of when I was a kid, but it's not like I learn a bunch of Kiss songs to play and I don't listen to Kiss songs all the time. And yet right. there's, there's songs I learned to play that I don't even listen to all the time, but just because they're hard, but it's just not, it's a weird thing for me. Like, and Warren giving me a ton of shit. And I was like, well, dude, I think about it like when I was eight years old, right? So oh, you know, awesome. I give you shit about everything you do, bro. It doesn't matter. It's because it's because you're a giant asshole. It's because you know, that's, that's what way. it is. I don't listen to Kiss to to learn drum licks. You know, Peter Chris <laughs> was a much, wasn't much of a drummer. You know, Eric Carr was a fantastic drummer. Yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I listen to Kiss because I just enjoy the music, not to dissect it. And you know, yeah. yep. I got you. Yeah. I love it. All right. Dave's, all right. Dave, Dave, Dave's a music nerd, you know, so. All right. So let's let's get into the, the uh, let's get into the, uh, the, the, the Bay, the Bay, uh, what was the tour called you did in Europe? The, the Bay, Bay Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Okay, cool. So that, that was, uh, what was that? It was Testament, um, Exodus, and you guys, right? Death Angel. Yeah. Cool. And it started, it was just basically a, a full Europe tour, right? That's a great bill, by the way. That's a great deal. Oh, you totally. Guys do, are you gonna? Is there talk about bringing that to the states eventually, like next year when all this? Yeah, I mean, there there was talks at the end of that tour of, of continuing on. Maybe um, I don't know how how solid the, the plans were, but there was definitely talks about it. And yeah, then you, you guys know, were selling shit and, out, right? Those were sold out venues. Oh yeah, that tour was totally successful. Yo, I mean, dude, that's a fucking bill and a half, man. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, all right. So you get you guys did that tour. Where did where did that tour start? Do you remember? Oh shit! Uh, you know, I have. I think it started like in uh, Poland, maybe. I, I'm the worst. It did. I think it did. I think it did because Germany was like the fourth or fifth show because Gary Gary picked up that guitar. For yeah, me. yeah. We'll get to that later. Don't worry. All right. So <laughs> this guy with his guitars, man. Uh, um, it started somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Something. And it was about how long? About five weeks or something, right? Because it, it, basically that tour was right in the midst of the beginning of all this uh, this uh, uh, pandemic, right? This global pandemic, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, uh, so when you guys were out there, you, you, you kind of knew what was going on, right? Yeah, you started February 1, I think even, right? Fe early February and ended like the exactly. first or second week of March. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, we, we knew as much as anyone else did, but it wasn't uh, quite the, the serious uh, situation it is now. 
you know, sure, obviously sure. at the beginning of the tour. So, uh, and also, you know, when you're on tour, you're kind of in a bubble. You're, you're in your own little world. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You, you, don't, know? you don't really notice the outside world. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it, it didn't really uh, hit home. And so the first show got canceled in uh, Milan. Not, not the okay. first show of the tour, but the first canceled show. Uh, so when that show got canceled, it definitely was on our radar. Uh, definitely more. And we were starting to pay closer attention to it. And, you know, everyone was talking about it by then. Um and that you was know, early the, even that was even early into Italy starting to kind of yeah that was right when like Italy started like realizing okay this we have a serious situation just at right? the they first started, though it was like the started, very like, beginning started not yeah. locking down yeah, yeah. but it started yeah. like you know like hey like canceling big events and stuff like yeah, that yeah. you know what I mean so totally. um and then okay so when at one point now there was only two shows that got canceled right yeah right because you guys finished the rest of the leg all the way up until the end right exactly the last show got canceled uh in germany in uh hanover i think yeah okay. um, and so so when during when during the during the tour did like did you get sick did you feel sick during the tour or was it not, not until the last not until the last couple of days uh okay uh a couple of other people were were feeling ill on the bus like maybe the last week and uh, oh, hold on. I was before doing... we continue, before we continue, now were you guys all on one bus? Testament, Exodus, and Death Angel? No, no. Everyone had their own bus. Okay, okay, okay. But uh, a couple of a uh, couple of people on our bus started getting sick, like the last week, week and a half, and um, I was actually doing everything I could to to avoid getting sick myself, like taking vitamins and cutting down my drinking and. Um, just, you know, uh, staying in my bunk as much as I could and sleeping a lot. But by like the second or, or third to last day, I started feeling kind of off kilter and I don't normally get sick. I never get sick. I was going to say, so there's I'm normally not. some, there's normally some galloping, you know, sickness that goes around on tour anyway, right? Like, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. not so abnormal, I, I, like that somebody gets a cold and it sort of, or the flu and it sort of runs around, right? Like it's, yeah, so I, didn't think, I didn't think too much of it. You know, I was like, oh, this is kind of weird. I'm, I'm feeling kind of, under the weather, but it didn't really hit me until on the, the flight home, I started just feeling beyond what a normal flu or like, normal like, actually, like when you got on the plane is when it really hit you, or did you kind of like, what, at, at the airport, did you start feeling it then? I didn't, I mean, I didn't really start noticing it until I was sitting in my seat. Yeah, you stopped. the flight, I yep, started. until you stopped. Yeah, because I stopped moving around and, and yep. doing stuff. You stopped you know? touring, yeah, you're just, on chill mode, and all of a sudden, that's when it hits you. Yep. Yeah, I get my fever broke out, and I was sweating. Uh, so I was like, "Ah, oh, man, something's wrong. Something's definitely wrong." And that was on the plane on the way back, or after you got back? No, that was on, on the plane. plane. Like, yeah, like, it was gotcha. Like, okay. A ten-hour flight or whatever, and yeah, I just felt like shit that whole flight. Um, so that's when I started getting kind of worried that you know maybe, maybe I've caught this this horrid virus, you know. Yeah. And then, and then uh, when I got home, my, my fiance, Lishan, she uh, she took one look at me and was like, you look terrible. Like, and, uh, and she knew right away that something was wrong. And I just, I tried to ride it out for like, you know, four, maybe five days. I just stayed in bed and was oh, eating yeah. chicken soup and all that shit. Um, and then by the fifth day, I, I was having trouble breathing. I was struggling to breathe. And she was like, okay, we're going to the hospital. So I got rushed to the emergency room and yeah, <laughs> then it all plummeted from there. 
so so once you got there so what do you do you remember do you remember like going to the emergency room and all that none of it so, none so of you it. you remember just having trouble breathing and then that's it i don't even remember that really I remember, wow i don't remember wow. so this, this this is the one of the doctors that worked on you right uh yeah dr Chandra, right so yeah he was the er uh, physician physician that saw you first so now you don't remember any of this okay so so wait, so you, wait, well, yeah. When do you? When does your memory stop, and that you're filling in blanks based on like your girlfriend told you? And well, I mean, uh, the next thing I remembered was waking up. I, I had no idea I was in a coma. So, so wait, you, you remember the flight? You remember getting home from the from the airport and everything, right? You remember all that? Yes, and then and then like maybe a day or two after I was home, my brother and and his girlfriend came over to drop off some supplies, like orange juice and stuff and that's the last thing i remember is talking to them wow and then uh the next three days are a complete blur and like uh um uh, my fiance was even saying that i was acting way out of character uh i was just staring at the wall um and she was she would ask me like what am i doing like and uh, you're not talking and you know and i say i'm meditating and that's not me I, i'm not that kind of a guy i don't meditate <laughs> I, i'm not wow. some some spiritual guru type of dude so um i was just acting really bizarre so she knew something was wrong and i don't remember any of that i don't remember the trip to the hospital or going under wow. or any and apparently i was calling people from the hospital and texting people letting them know i was in the icu and uh that's all news to me man. wow <laughs> wow that's crazy and that's okay, before so and then they put you into a coma they put you into the coma yeah, to to because I I was fighting the ventilator. I had to get put on a ventilator, and my body was fighting it back. So in order for me to to do it, they had to uh, put me into a coma. And uh, there's uh, one of your other doctors, right? So right. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole it was a whole team of doctors that worked on me. Uh, that's another one of them. Yeah. So so um, now let's so talk about. Guy, go ahead. Let, let's talk about the. Uh, so what do you actually remember, like while you were under, right? While you're in this coma. You said, you know, there was, you saw like some crazy shit. Let's, let's get into that. What did you see? What did you experience? Um, you know, I just, I just uh, saw, I felt, I felt myself rising from my body, like my spirit maybe. And, uh, and I, I just remember the sensation of shooting down into like a, a dark hole. And, <laughs> and it, it looked like hell, like what you would think hell would look like from the movies. Maybe that's why it's ingrained in my brain because of how hell is depicted in movies and in books or whatever. But it was just like a dark, cavernous place. And I could hear people moaning in agony, like off in the distance. And uh, it was just a lonely feeling and not, not pleasant at all. And I see this demon woman that I per perceived as Satan sitting like in a rock, like a rock throne. And uh, not rock throne, but like a, a <laughs> yeah, made of stone, yes, yeah, got a good rock throne. And she had red skin, and she had glowing red eyes and fangs. Now was and she like, was she hot? No, not <laughs> at all. Not in like so, because because there's two devil chicks you picture. I picture Robert Williams is like cartoon art sort of devil chicks, right? Uh -huh. and, and then and then Elizabeth Hurley. 
Yeah, definitely not Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> but did, did, you, did you know the Do you know the Elizabeth Hurley reference we're talking about from the movie The yeah, Dazzle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Perfect. All right, cool. So that was the question. Like, does the devil look like Elizabeth Hurley? That's what we want to know, right? So. <laughs> no, man. It wasn't. It wasn't hot or sexy or anything like that. Like she looked just hideous, you know, with like just the glowing, glowing eyes is what I remember the the most, and the fangs, and she just was laughing at me. And uh, I, mean, I know this all sounds crazy, but I, no, I remember. No, it doesn't. Not, it I does mean, not. dude, it's, when I first read any of it, I was like, this yo. This is not crazy at yeah. all, dude. No, you keep going, bro, because this, this is what you experienced. There's nothing crazy about any of this, dude. Yeah. Uh, and I was uh, I was being punished for sloth, and uh, which is, you know, kind of accurate because I was a pretty lazy guy before all this happened. <laughs> and, uh, um, and I was like this uh, big blobby creature you know and like a, a lot of the press like i mean i did say jabba the hut like a jabba the hut creature but to be more accurate it was more like uh the creature at the end of weird science when chet gets turned into that big blob. yeah yeah that big blob <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it was more like that you know and i couldn't move and uh i just was like spitting up blood like throwing up blood and I was throwing up blood to the point I to the point I had a heart attack and died, and it's kind of weird. Wait, my, in I, real I, life or in the? No, no, no. Oh, in, in, yes, in, yes, and yes. I mean, in, in the vision, I died and I was throwing up blood and I had my I had a heart attack. But in real life, I had heart failure during the the coma. So I, shit. I, so yeah. that was probably during, that was when you were. <laughs> in your or in your dream or whatever your, your experience there you go there's a picture of him you look like a little bit like that right so yeah but uh yeah so, so my body was reacting and my mind yeah exactly to what was going on absolutely and then wow. uh once wow. i died died in in hell uh i remember being lifted up in into the sky and to what maybe was heaven but uh heaven was was a scary place too uh, it was like a, a Roman orgy kind of like like debauchery going on everywhere and like the, the, a Caligula type scenario, exactly, right? Exactly, like Caligula, and uh, so not like a not, not a good orgy, like this. no, no, it wasn't a good orgy. No, <laughs> but it, was it like was it like was the scene like you know how like you said hell was like dark and you know cold? Like were you did you feel the actual cold? Like were you able to be like whoa, it's chilly? Or like, you know what I mean? And and was heaven like or, you know, or a, a cold of being like completely alone in okay. the dark, you know, like just a, okay. a lonely, cold feeling. Okay. And then when, when I shot up into to the sky, like it was uh, it was all white and gold, and uh, wow. it like a Roman palace kind of, but uh, it was like a really aggressive orgy going on. Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I had read one of the quotes that said like the angels were scarier than the demons. I mean, were the angels like demon-ish? I mean, or just they were, in just, the... they were just fierce, uh, super aggressive, and yeah, it was like that. It was like a, a giant flesh yeah, like, yeah, Caligula <laughs> type of scenario. Man. It, it like... wasn't cool at all. I, I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be in either place. And uh, wow. I wasn't up there for very long because maybe because I was like rejecting it. But um, I shot down, I shot back down to earth and I was in a nightclub in the middle of like, 
Modesto or Stockton, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> middle of nowhere, California. Bakersfield. This shitty club. And I was with my friends, and there was a shitty band playing. And I just remember asking, what am I doing here? Why, why, why are we in Stockton or, or wherever it was? <laughs> and that's the last thing I remember. And I woke up in a, in a hospital bed with uh, tubes coming in and out of me. I had a catheter and this machines oh, around me. And I had no idea why I was there. I was totally confused. And I didn't even think it was reality. I didn't think I was actually awake. And I asked, there was a nurse standing right there. And I asked her, am I still in hell? And uh, she, she ignored me. And I even asked her a second time. And she ignored me again. And uh, I didn't know where I was, what city I was, what country I was, or what plane of existence I was in. Like, it was, <laughs> wow. it was really so now, confusing. So now, how long was it before you actually, like, gained, like, some sort of semblance of, like, what was happening? Like, okay, yeah, I'm in a how, hospital. I will carol. I'm in. sick. You know what I mean? It, it was a while. Uh, they wouldn't tell me anything. Like, I kept on asking different nurses and doctors, like, where am I? Like, like what happened? And uh, finally, they, it, they started, like, maybe for a day. Like, I, I, I was... Holy like, shit. Groups. And then... Uh, but, but that day, you still knew, you knew, you like, you had enough uh, consciousness to know who you were, right? Uh, yeah, I knew I was awake. I mean, after, like, an hour or so, I know, like, okay, I'm obviously awake, and this is reality. Um, and I knew who I was. I didn't, I didn't have memory loss of... of myself by my identity or anything and then after a day they started like asking me like uh, rudimentary questions like what's your name what's your date of birth um do you know what year it is uh do you know who the president of the united states is and that question i was like well i don't know maybe uh maybe maybe trump got impeached i mean i don't know how long i've been gone you know? <laughs> And they were like, yeah, unfortunately, it's still Trump. And, uh, but, uh, and like, I kept on asking, like, I don't know where I am, though. Like, like I don't know what city or, or where I am. Please tell me. And they finally said, you're in San Francisco. I was so relieved. I was like, oh. But I thought maybe I was still in Europe, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, who, who knows where? So I was really relieved when they told me I was in San Francisco. Uh, ironically enough, I was in a hospital that was it's only five blocks away from my, my apartment. So I could have I could have walked home in like, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Sure. Um, so yeah, when they finally told me I was in San Francisco, I definitely had a, a sigh of relief. And they didn't tell me about the coma until a couple of days later. They're like, uh, so you know the the date they told me the date and that didn't really like click with me. I was like, okay. And they go, So you realize you've been in a coma for twelve days. I was like Whoa, and that that kind of freaked me out a little. And then they started telling me, like, you know, you had heart failure and, and all the stuff that happened, and that was really freaking me out. But I I think they, they didn't want to tell it to me all at once because I would have no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, I would have gone back yeah. into a coma. Yeah, you would have freaked out, man. You totally would have so, freaked out. So man. it was so, a full day before they even started laying that into you. How long before they told you where you were in a coma? Was that all in the same day, or was that like even another day or two later? I think they were peppering it throughout the days that followed. Wow. Uh, yeah, so it was like a day or two later, like when they started telling me the full story. 
Um, now, 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 physically, like when you woke up, were you able to? Because I know, like right now, you're going through um, some physical therapy, right, to regain. Some, I, like, I'm actually done with life. physical therapy, but oh, I was going, cool. I was going through physical therapy for like uh, three weeks after I came home. But when I first woke up, I, I couldn't walk. Like I had, I had to learn how to walk again. That, that was that was a trip. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I was so going like, to ask. Did, like when you first woke up, like were you like did you notice right away? Like oh, my legs don't work, dude. Yeah, is that mus yeah. is that a muscular thing or is it literally like something mental because you've been in a coma and shit? Like no, I've heard it was, that. It was a muscular thing. It was it was atrophy. Gotcha. Like the, That's the, the, crazy. Body, the body deteriorates really quick if you're not. That's crazy. Wow. I would always think like yo something like that. It would take like. Dude, you have to be in a coma for like a couple of months or something that's like that. That's what I would have thought right? too, right? That's why it's like, dude, the 12-day coma, so. and that's crazy. That is crazy. And how man. much weight yeah. did you lose from it? Because, I mean, you're a lot leaner right now. Was that since you've also continued to lose weight, or was it from the, the hospitalization? Yes, yes and yes. I mean, I lost a lot of weight from my time in the hospital, um, but I've also lost even more weight since I've been home because I'm not drinking anymore. Not permanently. Um, I'm not like shunning alcohol, but my days of heavy drinking are, are definitely over. Like sure, sure. I was polishing off a bottle of Jameson a night sometimes. And how long after you woke up, were you able to like, like, you know, were you able to see your girl right away after a couple no. of days? Or? No. no. So how no. did that work with like keeping separation and when did they allow her to come see you or did you have Never. to get out of the hospital? Oh, Never. Wow. I didn't see another soul. Aside from the staff, I didn't see another person until my brother and her picked me up to, when they let me out of the hospital. So it was wow. like, it was close to two <laughs> weeks that I couldn't see anybody. But to back up a little bit, I've lost about 40 pounds. And uh, God damn. Congratulations. I'm eating, I'm eating a lot healthier. I'm eating the, the healthiest I ever have in my entire life, actually. Have you tried uh, a vegan? Have you tried a vegan diet or anything like that? Or is it just less like. I'm just eating a, a lot less salt and a lot less sugar, okay. and and just cutting alcohol out has definitely that's a big factor. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a big factor. Um, and I'm, all, I'm also on medication, so I can't drink right now. But once I'm off the meds, which will be in a, a couple of weeks, um, I plan on having an Irish cider here or there, or a, sure, a cocktail sure. here or there. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely planning on living a healthier lifestyle, continuing with it. And uh, yeah, that combined with the, the hospital stay, was, I'm losing weight. And I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm walking every day now and being way more active, you know, so. When did you, when did you get out of the hospital? After the, I got out of the coma, I would say I was in the hospital for another like maybe 10 days. Wow. 10 days. I was wow. in the ICU for like five more days and then they put me in a, a, a regular hospital hospital room for an additional five or six days yeah and then and you and you definitely tested you def you definitely tested positive for it right for, for the oh COVID. yeah oh okay. yeah and, 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 they, <laughs> and then they, you have to test clean before they let you out of the hospital or how does that work you know uh they were doing so many things to me on a nightly and daily basis i'm not sure what was what but like they were taking blood from me like two or three times a day it seemed like oh, uh yeah, that sucked. Yeah, dude, that, I hate, oh, dude I was, that's brutal, man. Your arms must have been bruised up everywhere. Well, dude, and also, for, I mean, I don't know why that is, but they have a hard time finding my veins. So they had to re-prick me over oh. and over. 
And even sometimes they would do the top of my hand to get a vein, and that's one that's of the most painful spots to get, to get to give blood so, is on top so of here's your hand. The, right? Uh, oh, so it was awful. If, when, when I go to the doctor, I give them two or three tries, right? Because look, some people can't find. You're not going to be able to find the yeah. vein, right? You have to do it by feel, right? So the yeah. last choice is here. You know what I mean? That's the, if that's you can't the find it here, you get one shot, one shit shot sucks. here. If you can't do either, you get one shot here. And if you don't get it in the, from the hand, you're not getting the blood. That's yep. it. Sorry. Yeah, like right. a lot of people are, are suggesting I give uh, plasma. I donate some plasma, which is a, a great idea. And I plan on doing it, but I'm just not ready yet because I – Oh, yeah. Dude, you're still oh, recovering. Yeah. You got it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just said – so you just said you finished the physical therapy, which involved like what? You just had to basically like – go there and, and, and like walk and exercise your legs and stuff, right? Yeah, actually a, a nurse would come to me in my home and I would do stair exercises because I live at the top of uh, three flights of stairs. So okay. I would do lots of stepping exercises and stair exercises and like standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down like over and over again. It, it, like how many... Oh, I think we lost him for a second. Hold on a sec, he'll come back. Oh, there, there we is. go. We lost you for a second. Yeah. Sorry. So, yeah, I'm hunting. Um, so, yeah, I was just doing those kind of exercises. And after the third week, he uh, he was like, look, I don't need to come over anymore. You're obviously sticking with the exercises. And, sure, sure. And he's seeing pro pro progression every time he comes over. So he's like, you're doing fine. You'll be fine. And uh, so, yeah, I, I go on walks around my neighborhood every day and, uh, so it was mostly it was mostly lower lower body then right that that totally. was deteriorated then okay okay totally. so so what about what about your upper body like have you you haven't played you're not ready to play drums yet are you yeah have you started playing so, yet? the end of the month so like by the end of, of next week I'll be going back to my studio in San Francisco and jamming on my kit uh, I mean my my arms are a little thinner but they don't feel like I I didn't feel super weak or anything and I have drum pads at home. And I've been like practicing on those, and I, I mean, I feel like I'm I'm doing well on the upper half, you know. Sure, um, sure. I gotta build up a little bit, a little bit of muscle, but uh, I'm pretty confident I'll get back on the bike and start riding again with the drums. You know, I don't think it'll be too hard to to get my chops back. Hopefully. Well, like, you're, are you you're you're one of those? Are you like a natural drummer, right? You're kind of just like you know, you're not one of those guys that needs to practice every day. You can just no. you just play drums, right? Yeah, just a player. Yeah, see, so you're naturally exactly. So for you, it'll probably just be like jumping back on a bike, man. You know what I mean? So, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, so cool. I want to step back. You know, there's two different kinds of right, Dave. You know, there's two different kinds of musicians, right? You know what I mean? There's the guys that have to practice every day and yeah, yeah. rehearse or whatever, to, and then there are guys that kind of just uh, you know yeah. jam, right? So Definitely. Will obviously is the kind that just you know he can just jam, right? So, so yeah. So we have a bunch of other stuff to get to too, but I want to stay back into the COVID shit for just a second. So two things. One on recovery and this is probably going to be subjective when i had first heard about like that you were out of the hospital i had heard that they had given you remdesivir and that it was like a miracle and all of a sudden yeah. you were turned around and then i also recently read which yeah. you know i don't know what the fuck to, re to believe in the media at this point anyway but i had heard that they threw everything uh, at you right that they had given you the hydroxychloroquine combo they had given you remdesivir they had given you literally everything under the fucking sun and that holy they were they can't say that it was one thing or the other, really, right? But is that 
What do you like? They were, it, seemed, it seemed like they were throwing caution to the wind with me a little bit. Um, and they were just trying all kinds of experimental procedures and experimental drugs. And whatever the combination was, it worked, obviously. And when I did come to, they, they were they were marveling at the fact that I was alive. Like, wow. Wow. Because you were the first patient, right? To yeah, I think you were the first one out of yeah. there, right? Wow. Was it the first yeah. one in the Bay Area or just the first one at that hospital? I think the first one in San Francisco. I think wow. so, yeah. Wow, wow, and, wow, wow. And, and many days later, like, they were telling me, like, you know, we really thought you were going to die. Like, uh, <laughs> that's got to be fucked up here. I mean, you had heart failure in, in the middle of a coma, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Like, you know what I mean? That, Dude, that's like amazing. Like so other doctors were coming in just to see for themselves if I was really alive. Like <laughs> I heard that, oh, this guy's alive. Like, really? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, so so then the second thing is then based on you know the the weird heaven and hell experience, um the uh like, what are your thoughts on that now, right? I have heard something quoted that you were like, well, you know, I don't think the devil's, you know, quite as cool. Um, but, I, you know, <laughs> I'm still going to be playing metal and, you know, kind of the devil's music. And, you know, obviously there's a devil theme through all the shit that we're into. We, just like dark yeah, you, and evil shit. But, like, what's your – did it really change your perception on the dark and evil shit that we always just think is sort of charming and horror movie-ish? Not in the terms of entertainment, not at all. You know, music, movies, books. I'm still going to have a, an interest in that, and and I love the music I love. Nothing, nothing's going to change that. Like, but as far as like just, uh, I've I've never been a spiritual person, but I feel like I've had a kind of a spiritual epiphany, if you will, and um, uh, I'm definitely not going to follow the dark path as much as I was. Uh, interested in following before that makes any sense um and i'm not turning into a a bible thumper either you know i'm not going to be going to church or anything and i it was doesn't sound like that was an awesome experience i'm not sure that that's where everybody's looking to your church to go back (laughs) yeah Yeah, i'm pretty sure i'd rather just go back uh i don't know man maybe uh, can I just stay I, I, as a ghost I, I, here and kind of hang here as a ghost and like you know fuck with on, people? Bro, bro, Dave, hold on, Roman orgy? Like I don't know, bro. I mean like, maybe. I'm <laughs> just saying, dude. You've been married for a long time. You might just be into that, bro. There was a lot of weird like butt stuff going on on the Roman orgies, weren't there? It got a little weird, I think. Oh, like vomitoriums <laughs> and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of. I mean, back then, I'm, I'm pretty sure there was like no genders, right? You just kind of like. <laughs> Stuck your hands and arms and body parts in there. Yeah, everybody was just they fell, they fell, right? So. Yeah. yeah, everybody was just getting naked and sticking their dick in anything. Anything. Yeah, much, dude, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> doing each other up, doing all kinds of weird shit, right? So whatever. <laughs> in, the, in the initial interview I did with the San Francisco Chronicle, and that's the one that all the other news news sites are, are using as their, as their uh, info, uh, but like I, I said I believed in a higher power, and that got this is getting misinterpreted. Like all of a sudden I'm a born again Christian or some shit like that. When I say a higher power, I, I mean like just the, the everyone's collective prayers. Like a lot of people rallied for me when I was in the coma, which sure. was overwhelming. When, when I woke up and they finally gave me my phone back, and I turned it on, it just it was blowing up for like an hour straight, just message, message, message. 
And, you know, I, I never really believed in the power of prayer before that. Um, and now I do. Uh, and it doesn't mean I believe in Jesus. I'm following Jesus or one specific God or any specific religion. You know, I just, I be, now I believe in the power of collective positive energy. You know, I sure. definitely believe sure. Well, that's not necessarily, you know, that's not necessarily like everyone has their own, you know, like one guy believes in God, one guy believes in Allah, one guy believes in yeah. God, whatever it is you believe in, the, you know, that's what, you, you know, cool, right? Great. Whatever it is, oh, man, awesome. everyone's got the, you know, a higher power, whatever it is, dude, as long as you're, you know, on the right path, like you said, you want to go get away from the dark stuff, which I'm assuming it means like, you know, like addiction and all that stuff, like, you know, whatever, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Everything in moderation, brother. Well, and it would sound like this alludes to that there's a, of something after, you know, you're busting out of this body that there is going to be something else going on. Like it's. Yeah. You know, I, I, anything's possible now. With like, I, <laughs> I know. No shit. That's crazy. <laughs> Dave, your mind is a powerful thing, isn't it? Right. So. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's fucking awesome. A funny thing that's <laughs> happening now is uh, because of Fox news and, all these other uh, news sites that are taking my story and just kind of focusing on the Satan thing and missing the point of the of the story, you know. And uh, I am getting tons of messages from Christians going. <laughs> All right, so if any Christians are listening, back off. Back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're man. gonna hate this show. <laughs> They're really gonna. All right, so hate right now show. on this show, let's just claim that you're Rastafari. Right, and also another another funny uh, tidbit. Um, Michael Sweet, the singer for Striper, he reposted my story on his Facebook page, and a lot of people from that are contacting me as well. Like, oh, I saw your story on Michael Sweet's. Please, uh, <laughs> <laughs> any favor? So wait, hold on. Does that mean? Death Angel Striper like Tour? Striper Death Angel Tour, bro? Right? Right? <laughs> I mean, dude, right? Come on. Come on. Dude, right? Oh, we'll call it the Heaven Hell Tour, man. Yeah, but, but he... when Striper was trying to tour with Slayer at one point. They wanted to do the Heaven and Hell Tour. Yeah, it was years ago. But, dude, Slayer would never go for anything corny you could, like that. Man. You could have, you could have a new asshole. First of all, that wouldn't last one day because we would beat the shit out of their crew the first day. Oh, yeah. Number one, day one. Boom. They may have a cool crew. You don't know. They may have a cool crew. Bro, you work for fucking Striper, dog. I've been lucky in my career where I fucking had the, the, the ability to pick you know what I mean? Bands that I work for that I, I believe Come in. Come on, man. Nothing you know, for you know those guys. Mean? You don't right? know. If I believed in your band and liked your band, I work for your band. <laughs> if I didn't like your band, I'm not working for you. I don't care how much you're paying. I've had that valid. ability. I've had, you know what I mean? That's so valid. guess what, bro? Yo, you work for Striper, though, you're getting smoked, dog. You know what I mean? Especially on a Striper tour, dog. All right? Maybe uh, at a festival, who cares, right? It's, it's neutral ground. But, bro, if we're on tour together, you're getting smoked the first fucking day, man. I'll I mean, take you, you all your shit. <laughs> you beat too many people up, Warren. That's hilarious, though. That's fucking. Oh man, I don't beat that many people up. I just beat people up that deserve it. All right. <laughs> That's questionable. You know what I mean? That's okay, it's it's not random. It's never random, right? It's never random. Okay, they always fucking deserve. So, Will, when when let's let's jump real quick, fast forward to when we did the Slayer Death Angel tour. Did you see any incidents go down on that tour? You mean like someone getting their ass kicked or something? Yeah. I don't uh, remember if anything How many? Let, let's put it another way. How many times did you see one of the <laughs> Lee brothers whipping somebody's ass? 
<laughs> I never saw any physical stuff, but verbally, I saw them really, really humble a few people and, and like, go off on a few people that deserved it. They all deserved it. Uh, I didn't see any actual fists flying, though. I remember okay. at one show, one show, some guy like wandered into Carrie's dressing room. Uh, like he wasn't invited in there. He just kind of. Oh wandered. yeah, we just, that was in Philly. We fucking. I, I missed that actually. That was uh, my brother and Pat Thick. They fucking. Oh, they smoked that dude. So. Well, <laughs> yeah. Because because in a similar situation, fast forward to 2018 a guest of Warren's and he drops Warren and Johnny's name of all people. I'm up there uh, in Car I'm in Carrie's room and the dude rolls in through the back. So like, okay, wait, hold on. Time out. <laughs> this, let's, 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 this, this, be this guy got the right? shit kicked out. So it's my homie that is in the industry. Okay. That tours. Right. So he hits me up. I haven't talked to him in years. Hey man, whatever you, you know, so I'm like, no problem, dude. I'm gonna hook him up. I gave him passes. Yo, he played in like Johnny's band. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, this dude's cool. Right. So whatever we're loading out. He was in blood cum. What's that? Yeah, he played in he played in um um Dine Eyes Bleed. Okay, right? okay, yeah. So so um so you know fast forward. Dave in the dress room. They somehow make it into the dress room, obviously. And Dave's like, "Who are you guys?" They they drop my names, right? So on the radio, all I hear is, you know, your penalty shots. You guys get your guests in the dress room, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> Like, all right, cool. So I'm showered up, ready to go. I, I'm, I head back Warren to the venue, it's like, right? Warren hits me. It's like, yo, what did he look like? And I was like, I don't know. He kind of looked like this. And Warren's like, I know who that motherfucker is. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I caught him in catering outside, right? Because they got kicked out of the dressing room. I caught him in catering outside, and I fucking beat the shit out of him and his boy, who happened to be the guitar player for uh, Finger Eleven. <laughs> Right, some cool. Canadian band, I think. I didn't beat the shit out of him. I fucking snapped him. I threw him into a table. There was I like chairs. Whatever the fuck I he did. He grabbed right? a chair Dude, and whipped guy. a fucking chair at him into shit. Dude, our security like, guy J Lo. Thank God he saw it because he stopped me. Right, so you know, I was completely out of control, bro. That was in Toronto at the uh, amphitheater. I was gonna toss him in the river. Straight up, bro. straight up, gonna toss him in the fucking river, dude. I never fucking been so mad. Like, yo, how dare you fucking? I hooked you up with passes, tickets, and you in the fucking dressing room. Dude, it was, you it was grossly what inappropriate. But like, yeah. lucky that it, all you got was a punch in the face, man. Warren, Warren escalated from an open hands bitch smack to oh, like yeah. the throwing. Dude, there was like, a, it was a, like they were standing on the other side of a railing, right? I was like leaning over, smacked the dude. Then he fell into a table. So then I went around the railing, punched him again. That's when his boy jumped in, and I had to snuff him, right? And then at one point, like he was standing around, I had no idea. Who jumped who? in, jumped in. Dude. His boy gum jumps in to save his other friend and drag him out. And Warren's like, "What Whatever, the fuck? Bro, what are you doing listen. here?" Bam, bam. At one point, at one point, there's like people standing around. I picked. I didn't know who was who, so I picked up a chance to make sure, like, "Hey, man, what's up?" Like, you know what I mean? Fucking, I'll, I'll fight oh, everyone. Man. What's up, man? This yeah. Is and then my, that's uh, when J Lo, the security guard, security guy, jumped in and saved the guy. Right. So, this dude, is he uh, deserved it. What the fuck, man? Why would you do something like that? This you know is what like. I mean? two weeks into my touring career and I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing here, right? I'm a suburban kid. Like, I just always wanted to play guitar. I liked Kiss when I was a little kid. And Wait, like hold on. So when you were in the dressing room, what happened after I, I beat the shit out of him? I came up to the dressing room. My oh, hand yeah. was bleeding. His, his hand right? was bleeding. Carrie, Carrie laughed. <laughs> Carrie's like, you didn't have to beat them up. And like, Warren's like, <laughs> Warren's like, yes, I did. Because, <laughs> like, the guy was, he was nice enough. But I saw him, like, come up through the back and walk right over to King, right? So I rolled point, over. Bro, and I'm like, is... yo, you got to go, right? And so, like, Warren Dude. rolls up, bloody hand. He's like, yeah, man, I work those guys. And Carrie's like, yo, you didn't have to kick their ass. He's like, yeah, I did. He's like, well, all right, here's your shot. Hey, have you talked to him since then, Warren? 
Me? Oh, that guy? No. No, he texted me like the next day and was like, I was gonna say, I was breaking he, my nose. He was Thanks apologizing. Me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry. Like, he, re- he recognized. He knew okay. he fucked up. Jerk ass motherfucker, man. Like, yo, dude, straight up, bro. Like, yo, why would you even fucking do something like that? Like, I don't give a fuck who, man. Like, that's crazy. Why would you do that, man? You know? So, so let's jump totally. into it. I, I got because we have a couple more like tour stories and stuff. I want to make sure that we hit. But, but okay, so as far as but, on, I want to stay on the but the last thing on the COVID stuff is really because you were you were used to blaze right like that's part of the story. Is if you guys are you still blazing now? Or are you not going to smoke at all? I heard that it was like edibles only. Yeah, is that gonna, just for a while? Or are you still going to smoke more later? Um, I mean, I'm I'm definitely going to stick with the edibles thing for as long as I can. I mean, I love smoking weed. Okay, oh, yeah, you do. I, Hell yeah. I prefer it over edibles, but uh, definitely for the time being, until my lungs are uh, 100%, uh, I'm not going to touch you it. You were on a ventilator, weren't you? Yeah. Right? you were and on that, a it affects your lungs quite a bit. So, like, yeah, how's your breathing? I mean, how do you know when your lungs Surprisingly, are Surprisingly, my, my breathing is fine. I'm not short, having a, la- a shortness of breath or anything like that. They feel fine. Um, and actually, the, the the hospital said my my lungs are, are okay. It was just my heart that took some damage. That's what my medication's for is for rebuilding my heart and my blood pressure. Um, but uh, yeah, and I I would occasionally smoke cigarettes too, like here or there. Like when I had a few too many drinks, I'd want a cigarette. So that's, that's definitely over with. that's definitely not on the plate. Yeah. So um, when you were blazing before, what did you like to smoke? Uh, I have a bong. I, I would smoke like fucking like eight bong hits a day, you know, and uh, that wasn't helping. <laughs> that wasn't helping. So, so on the Slayer Death Angel tour, right, we would we would finish, you know, packing up and, and finish our shit, and the mission every day was, all right, find Will Cow, Will's Will Cow, like, bring him <laughs> yeah, around, yeah. we're going to smoke, get high, and hang out, you know what I mean? Because Will Cow's got the best stories, bro, you know what I mean? So so that was like, that was every an everyday occurrence, right? You're to the point where I think we, we scared you at one point, right? You were scared to come yeah, around, it was right? like It was like you guys were smoking me sober. Like I was smoking so much, I was I wasn't even stoned anymore. <laughs> I've never seen anybody smoke so much weed. It's like they're it's like they're junkies for weed. Like I've never yeah, seen anything yeah, like it. It was, it was <laughs> fucking one night. It was so funny. We're like in a room and like we're all hanging out, and all of a sudden, like you kind of out of the corner eye, you just see Will like just backing up towards the door. We're all like, "Where are you going? Where are you going, Fuzzy Bear? Like, where are you going, dude?" Like, yeah, 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 I remember that. Like, like every time they would turn around for a split second, like, like we're in the group. I would inch over to like a table <laughs> and I'd be standing over my hair. <laughs> quick escape. Get out quick. I got quick exit, man. Quick exit. Dude, I mean, I'm in the weed industry and smoke weed all the time. And when I hung out with them, I was like, you guys have a fucking issue, man. Like, yeah. like I mean, we, like, I'm high. Let's stop for a little while and warm. Well, that's not, no, I'll fill that motherfucker, right? Like, the point of being, when you're on tour, the point is being, yo, you got to get wrecked, wrecked and still do your fucking gig, right? That's what makes it fun. Because it does, it, I, I don't realize, like, as we're getting wrecked, like, we still got to fucking do a show, bro. Like, we're not going to play it. But we gotta do the loadout. We gotta work the show. You know what I mean? And, and when you do it high as fuck and like that wasted, bro, guess what? It makes you good, right? You know what you're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Makes it tolerable I mean, anyway. Uh, on that tour, I was waking up in the morning still stoned. I, I, fuck yeah, I, that was fun. <laughs> take a couple of hours to, to get out of the fog. Even my shits would smell like weed. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, so well, dude, you you hung out before? It was actually dubbed the Afghanistan. Stage yeah. right, you you hung out there plenty of nights, bro. Right, you watched the oh. show from there. You hung out 
Oh, they, yeah. They bong hit, smoke joints with us. You know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah. So, one of the stories. So, do you, do you like, do you like dabs? Do you like flour better? Uh, I, I prefer flour. I mean, uh, I, I like dabs as well, but I definitely prefer flour. And then, like, what kind of flour? Do you, like, have a preference on, like, and I mean, because you're in the Bay, like, even strain wise, right? A lot of people, at least in the rest of the country, are like kind of indica sativa hybrid kind of thing. But, like, like what do you, what's your favorite? I definitely like sativa uh, and uh, indica hybrid for sure, but I also like the like the purple Kush and stuff like that. Like we have a lot of pot dispensaries now in San Francisco, and there's yep. one right by where I live, um, and uh, I like it all really. So I I always get, <laughs> I always get like a, a smorgasbord of of different uh, types of strains. You know, I nice. like it all. None of it makes me like none of it makes me paranoid. I know certain people say certain types make them paranoid or make them sleepy and it yeah. all makes me feel good you know i, I really don't are, are, are you, how long have you been a, a, a weed smoker since you were a teenager since, since uh maybe like 2021 okay okay cool wow, but cool. for alcohol I, i've been drinking since i was 16 and this is the first time i've gone longer than a week without a drink in my entire life and it's been a, it's been a couple months now that's interesting and, why why so long on the weed why did it take you so long to start blazing you know, I'll tell you why. Because I hated the stoners in my high school who only listened <laughs> That's to fucking always the story, bro. Who who only they only listened to fucking Pink Floyd. And I hate Pink Floyd. So I was like, <laughs> fuck you guys, dude. I'm listening Love to it. Creator, Violence, Coroner, Celtic Frost. You guys can suck my ass. You know, and, and so I always incorporated getting stoned with this sitting around in someone's room looking at blacklight posters listening to fucking pink floyd so i, I just i wasn't i wasn't into it man i wasn't into it so now, if, I love if you it. had a, if you had a pick will if the, if someone said hey you could only have alcohol or cannabis oh weed all the way all right all, all right yeah all right. <laughs> that is fucking what are you awesome. smoking on dave what do you got there dad <laughs> I'm gonna do a dab here myself. I'm doing some dabs of Bonanji. I got some Bonanji fucking. I got some of this stuff uh, that's uh, courtesy of you. So, you know who got me into dabs was our our producer Jason Sukoff. Like we've done our last four albums with him, and every time we go back, like every couple of years when we go back to his studio, he's graduated to a new, more intense level of weed smoking. And <laughs> and dabs is the ultimate. Like eventually, you graduated to dabs. I'm like, holy. Yeah. <laughs> well, and good dad. When I first met uh, when I first met Warren and those guys, they were smoking like you know brown booty oil and like overheating the shit out of the nail and like they had yeah. no no. Kind Bro, we of had no idea. We just started dabbing. Like None. we literally just started dabbing <laughs> on that tour. That's part of what got me on the bus. Is like I had brought sauce and crystals and and when I was there in New York, one of my uh, a dude I know through the weed industry had. He, uh, he used to do that. He was the producer for Bong Appetit on, that was on uh, on Vice for a while, the cooking show thing. And so right. he, he had a whole selection out there and had a nice mothership rig. So I ran to his place and bought his mothership off of him so that they could smoke out of a proper rig. And, and you know, that basically bought my way on the, the, that tour bus, for better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember at first I was really annoyed by that because it took so long and there was so much preparation like I was just used to grabbing a bomb and taking a hit, you know. Or exactly. And I was like, "Geez, we gotta wait!" Like, you know, like <laughs> well, for me, like part of the process, <laughs> I love joints 
because do part of the breaking it up, rolling it. You know what I mean? That's part of it, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so here's their so the first year that we were out, we had brought the torch and everything, right? So we were full on like on the on stage, right? Like like busting out a blowtorch in all these illegal states too, right? Like and it, and you know, you know how it is. Once you're kinda in your little bubble of a world, you know, they just let you come and go and whatever. <laughs> So in 2018, they were going to have the stage, like the riser thing for the uh, VIPs. And it was going to be there over stage right most of the time. And so Mike, before we were going out, was like, yo, you guys cannot be bringing a blowtorch and sit there taking dabs. No dabs on stage right. He's like, you can only sit and smoke joints. And I was like, well, wait a second. And it was right before that, the, these Puffco Peaks came out. And so, I, so all of a sudden there was an electronic rig that was worth a shit. And I was like, well, yo, dude, if we could smoke joints, like then you don't mind there being smoke, right? Like you people. Die. That's why they hated you on the second leg, bro. Yes. And so, I came, so I came out with like four of these things, right? So that we always had one. So you could always have one charging and shit. Oh, the tour manager was so bummed. He did this whole speech. You can't do this. You can't do that. And we came back out and we were like, yo, we fixed it. I bust out this Pelican case and I was like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, look, torches right? rigs. I was like, it's like a fucking gift from God, man. Like, it's hallelujah. to me, bro. What the fuck, dude? Like, come on, homes. We're just trying to fucking have fun, dude, all right? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's right, bro. It's, it's, it's all about having fun, right? All right. So, so speaking of tour stories. There's one that Warren had shared. Okay, with yeah. Me. All right. So we long dude, before this, this, we had ever met, right? Like, please, the, you have to share this was a story before I knew story, exactly bro. who Will Carroll was as just an epic story of amongst the years. And I, I don't know if part of it hits because, like, we, I mean, honestly, most of the people listening to this know me and Warren. They've been backstage, they can picture what this had to have been like. And I have to hear it from you because in my head, there's a lot of shit in my head. We have a dozen. Let them tell the story. Let them tell I gotta the hear the story. story. I gotta hear right. it. Which, which one are we talking about? The Celine Dion story, bro. The Celine the Dion and the chocolate. Chocolate, the chocolate dog. <laughs> you gotta tell the story, dude. You gotta tell was, the story. I was dating a, I was dating a girl that, uh, that uh, was a hairdresser, and she got a job doing hair for Celine Dion, and uh, she took me along. It was in a corporate game. So it was at, it wasn't really at, at like a, a normal club. It was kind of like at a hall you rent out. But uh, this is in the Bay. This is this is in the Bay. Yeah, area? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is and, why she uh, just dragged you out with her. It's not like you were out on the road or something out on. No, TV. no, it's just like a, a one-off thing. Um, and uh, she took me with her, and they. I, I was in a waiting room. I didn't even see Celine Dion or, or anybody really. Like I was just in, in a room waiting, and there was another guy in there. And I'm just hanging out, and there was there was a a, a chocolate bar, like like <laughs> sitting like right there. And wait 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 wait! Right oh, there, so being, okay. right so there, being victory. on on a table or yeah, on a or table. on a podium inside of a glass case. No, it you was know, just, on a piece it was, of. It was sitting on on like a a, a tray, on a table. I imagine the gummy penis to Milo. This is all I picture in my head is that the bar was sitting like, like it wasn't like that. <laughs> it wasn't that fancy. No, I mean it wasn't. It wasn't on a, a fancy pillow or anything like that. <laughs> so I, I went up and I I was there for a while, you know, and I was just looking at it and I was like, "What the fuck?" I went up there. 
I took a piece off. Was, was, was that the only thing on the table? Was yes. this candy bar wrapped or was it unwrapped and just bare? It was, it was unwrapped. It was unwrapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, naked it was chocolate. By itself sitting there on a table, like on a plate or something? or Yeah, like on a tray. Like it was on a tray. An and, empty uh, table otherwise, or were there the other snacks, like the backstage sort of snacks also on this table? No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like a backstage situation. It, it okay. was just like a room okay. with a table, table over there, a mirror, and maybe a, like a, 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 a pitcher of water or something. But uh, I broke a piece off and ate it and sat back down. And then one of the people who works for her came in and went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Who did this? Like, who did this? Like, oh, shit. oh shit, this guy is tripping out. And I looked over at the other guy who was sitting in there, and I just gave him a look like, don't you fucking say it. <laughs> you got a witness? There was a witness. And the witness wasn't with you? Like, or he was just another, he was another dude? No, he was already there when, when I, when I, <laughs> he was already there. I'm not sure who he was waiting for or what his purpose was. But, uh, I just looked at it like, don't you fucking say a word. <laughs> and, and so no one said anything. And another a woman came in and was like, and he's like, look what happened. Look what happened. And, and, and you go, do you realize this chocolate bar costs $200? <laughs> going in from Paris or somewhere? I was like, <laughs> so I left. I left and went out to the parking lot and waited for. Oh, you bailed? Yeah. Hell yeah! What else would you fucking do, man? So wait, hold on. How did? How was it? Like, did was it an epic was it, piece of chocolate? Yeah. Was it delicious? I didn't notice anything special about it at the time. But <laughs> no, if, I, if I had known how special it was, I would have paid more attention. <laughs> so it might as well have been a Hershey bar. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So describe the chocolate more to me. Was it was it just a bar of just chocolate chocolate? Or was it like, did it have nougat and like chunks of shit no, it was, in it? I think it was dark chocolate. It was just like a oh, yeah. it's something chocolate. Yeah. Some kind of exotic ass European chocolate made by a chocolatier so in a little village much. outside of Paris. Yeah. 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 How much longer, once, you, once you went out into the parking lot, right? How much longer did your girlfriend come out and be like, all right, I just got fired? Yeah. Yeah. When did you know the heat was really coming down? Like, and, and what was, like, what was that discussion like? Well, she didn't get, they didn't fire her. Like, they just never called her back. <laughs> did she did they did did it all go down that night though like did she, when did celine dion find out and when did it become known that the hairdresser's boyfriend did you stick like did chocolate? you stick around like what what happened when you went to the parking lot what happened after that i was just i didn't have the keys to the car so i was just leaning, leaning on the car <laughs> waiting for waiting for her to come out and uh she just asked me, did, did something happen? Did something happen like, like when you were waiting? Like people seemed really uh, agitated about you. And I said, no, nothing. I, I just, I said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, so when did you guys break up after this? Was it immediate after she didn't get called back and she realized you had ruined her career? No, or? it wasn't immediate. Like, uh, it was just, it was a gray area for quite a while. <laughs> so wait, hold on. So to this day, does she know that you ate that piece of chocolate? No, no, I'm hoping she is. 
she's gonna fucking know now, bro. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, we looked for we looked for twenty or thirty minutes to like see if we could figure out what chocolate it was that Celine Dion's favorite chocolate, just to oh know like God. what the hell you had eaten. And then I was like, dude, if she got fired, we were picturing you guys out on tour, right? Like, and this is mid tour. And I didn't know oh, yeah. I didn't know if she was like a tour manager or a production assistant. So in my head, it's like a production assistant that's in there like working on the fucking room all day and setting up the drapes, right? And like just trying to make everything perfect. And then like and then her boyfriend rolls in while she's out of the room and it's like, yo, oh right, fuck yeah, that's delicious. And then all of a sudden, like mid-tour, they're like, get her the fuck out of here. Fuck him. Fuck her. And then like, you got to like roll home with her. And like, she's like, I fucking hate you. I can't fucking believe you ruined my career like that. I just got fired off the Celine Dion tour. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Dude, so because of that, like that was like the first night where we had Will come and tell the story. Cause we had, apparently we heard it secondhand from Anders, right? But yeah. now we're on tour with Will Carroll. It's like, bro, we got to hear this firsthand. So that night, because of that story, it started story time every night. You know what I mean? We're like, you gotta come back. Obviously, there's a lot of stories on, you know, you told us that we can't talk about, but they're all great fucking stories, right? So, I have a good, I have a good Anders story. Yeah, wait, 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 where is Anders? Let's hear it. How was Anders involved in that? That was just a story Anders had heard? Yeah. No, yeah, Anders, okay. he brought yeah. it up. Well, Anders, yeah, course, Anders came up with Death Angel, right? So, you know what I mean? So, then yeah. he toured a bunch with, with them. Oh. So, that's how, you know what I mean? He was, I, I think he was his roommate that. on tour, too, right? Well, yeah, yeah. So this is where that uh, that story comes from. Sharing rooms with Anders. Uh, at one show, uh, there was a girl that, that was taking an interest in Anders, and she hung out to the end of the night, like after we packed everything up. <laughs> and uh, you know, she, she was good looking, and I was like, "Yeah, good, good for Anders, right on." And so they went back to to the hotel room that him and I were sharing, and I you know, I gave him a couple of hours of alone time, you know, in case something happened or whatever. And I had to go in there to grab something real quick. And, and I go in the room and they're both sitting on the bed and he's going, yeah, so in 1972, they discontin discontinued that <laughs> distortion pedal. And I just <laughs> <right here. laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I was gonna ask, I was like, wait a second, dude, this whole story seems foreign to me because I can't imagine. <laughs> Like Anders being like, you know, like charming and romancing a chick like that. That's exactly how I would expect that to go down. <laughs> hey bro, he's been, hey, he's got he's got his moments, bro. That yo, one time we walk into a mall, Anders is fucking these awesome. These girls rolled up to him. I mean, obviously they're like fucking little girls, but they rolled up like hey, you look just like Johnny Depp. <laughs> and he does, right? So dude. He does, dude. Like <laughs> oh, that's a I great story. I love him. Yeah. So, so was so, okay. wait, was that Death Angel the first uh, band that Anders toured with on the road? I think yeah. so. I wow. think so, bro. Wow. I think so. I think I that mean, was his first, like he's, he got their start, right? And, and he's then one of the top in the world now, right? Like, I mean, well, I've heard we, and I heard Anders' name even like besides you referencing him as your buddy. Like everybody's like names two or three. Anders being one of them as kind of you know the best out there. Yeah, oh, yeah, I mean, he, he did yeah. a few tours with us, and then he graduated to Testament, then he graduated to Slayer, and now, yeah, he's doing, I guess, Macedon, or yeah, yeah. He finished the Slayer tour, too, yeah. I mean, right, yeah, I mean, dude, so um, we found him on Testament, basically, right? You know what I mean? So, and, we, and, you know, he was showcasing his work, and, we and like, Armin and Norm were like, dude, <laughs> it's like, we got to fucking get this guy. Like, 
you know, whatever. And then Armin ended up subbing him, right, using him as a sub for one of uh, the big four shows at Yankee Stadium. And then he was in from there, right? So, and then, you know, fucking Armin died. So, you know, he moved into place, right? So, but then again, in the beginning, that didn't work because I had, dude, in the end, we were, you know, all right, cool. We bring in Anders to take Armin's spot. That was the plan the whole time. Well, guess what? When we actually talked to the band, they fucking threw us a curveball because Kerry was like, nope, I want you. Like, what? <laughs> like, well, hold on a second here. Time out. So that, that's when I went and took care of Kerry for a little bit. Andrew, we brought Anders on, but he was taking care of Gary Hall. You know what I mean? But they were homies already, so it worked out. You know what I mean? Right. But, and then at one point, um, you know, because I left to do Slipknot or something. So whatever the situation was, you know. Um, Anders, yeah, that's, that's, Anders would have been better for Kerry anyway. Like, he's a robot. Well, that's why like, we I mean, planned it, bro. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude. But, you know, you know how Kerry is, right? He's got to know the guy. He didn't know Anders yeah, in the whole yeah. of right? So, yeah, you know yeah I mean? right. And personality-wise, it's not like they were going to become best friends, bro. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know? So. It was even weird for me to become Carrie's best friend because I'm a stoner. It was the same way, Will, kind of as you described why you didn't become a stoner at first. Like, Carrie seemed to associate, you know, most of the stoners as, you know, a pain in the ass or dummies or whatever. He always accepted right. that, like, everybody, like, smoked weed over on stage, right? But, like, it was weird but for him to have the weed guy come over on stage left and be his dude. Have we ever smoked on stage left ever? No. Even when I worked on stage left, I, I didn't even want to right be high right. on stage left. Like I would go over and get way too high on stage right, and I'd be on stage left, and I'd feel uncomfortable and a little like nervous, <laughs> and like it would take me way too long to string a guitar, and I'd like hit Warren with a text and be like, "What the fuck? I'm way too high, dude." <laughs> like it was, it was unnerving over there. I never even really, I didn't want Carrie to even see me smoking weed. It was so weird. Like <laughs> Warren finally was like, "Dude, you need to be high during the day. You smoke weed." all the fucking time is it is it normal for you to not be high during the day and i was like no it's not normal at all he's like then you should probably smoke some fucking weed just don't get all wrecked and like you know don't be high when it's time for the show and uh, yeah but then what, what would i what would i do i'd get you so wrecked during the day you'd fucking so fall wrecked. asleep on the, on the carpet <laughs> i'd go to afghanistan and i'd get wrecked <laughs> that's what you do in afghanistan everybody gets get punched or fucking passes the fuck out uh, so, and Warren, did I ever tell you my story when I first, the first time I met Kerry King on the Machine Head tour? No, dude, story? let's hear that story. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> it, it was the, the last night of the tour, uh, the the tour I did with Machine Head, and we were playing at the Troubadour, and uh, and Kerry was at the show hanging out uh, backstage and stuff, and during our encore, like when we go back to the dressing room, we're getting ready to go back on stage to do our encore, Rob Flynn just goes... I hope you know South of Heaven. We're doing South of Heaven with Carrie. I'm like, oh, well, fucking thanks for the warning, you know. <laughs> I know that song by heart. So, uh, so uh, you know, I get behind the kit, and whoever starts the song, maybe Carrie starts it. I forget who, but like, it's da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, shit, man. Here we go. And Carrie is just staring at me, like, like just looking. Like, I'm up on the riser, and I'm looking down at him, and he's just looking at me. Just waiting to see if I actually know how to do the, the, the drum fills in the beginning. And as soon as I went, doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo, he nodded his head and turned around. And I was like, on the tour we did together, you know, all those years later, I'm in Carrie's room and and doing Jaeger shots with him and stuff. And I'm like, hey, man, I was like, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, 
Uh, you and I jammed together uh, uh, the last night of the Burn My Eyes tour in 95 at the Troubadour. We jammed on uh, South of Heaven, and he goes, the what now? <laughs> that's all he said. What now? <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right, dude. The what now? What? <laughs> yeah, he didn't have any idea what I was talking about. And then I heard later on that he, hilarious. like later in the tour, he was asking someone like, "That guy used to play a machine head," and like, like <laughs> he, he was like all befuddled by it or something. <laughs> look, look, there's a picture of Dave. There's Carrie and then Dave just like staring at him with his loving eyes, right? So <laughs> enamored with him. Em enamored awesome. with the thing. Shut <laughs> up. I wasn't enamored. I was watching my guy to make sure if something was wrong, I was right there to be able to Bro. take care of it. That's all I'm doing. Googly eyes, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so when your rig went out a couple of times, what would you do? You waited for me to come over and fix it, didn't you? No, no <laughs> that is not accurate. When my rig went out, my JX44 failed. I knew what had failed. Thankfully, my buddy Warren, see how much of a nicer guy I am, Will, than Warren is? Like, Warren's kind of a dick. Like, I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's right. It's heaven and hell, bro. But I'm at the same time, he was there. He had my back. So check this. This was when I took over for Darren. And and after that first tour, I actually bought a JX44. Like, I want to, you know, I'm technical and shit. I want to learn how this stuff works. And I wanted to be able to do my job You're better. Technical. You're just a fucking nerd, bro, all right? God, I hate you. <laughs> so... So I knew what had happened, right? Like, because basically the way that we would do the switching would was to like bypass the JX44 like looper thing and it would route a different direction and the fucking button would get stuck or something. And it happens, right? Like, I mean, Anders would have already taken the thing apart and like cleaned everything and this like- This guy plays drums, get to the fucking point, bro. You don't care about technical shit, dude. Whatever. <laughs> the thing fucking failed. I knew it had failed and like, and I'm over, I'm freaking out, right? Carrie's standing next to me and like playing and I'm like, dude, this thing failed. I'm gonna hardwire you, right? And as soon as I'm even going to hardwire, Warren's standing right next to me and he's like, what happened? And I'm like, JX44 failed. And he runs behind it and unplugs it and plugs it back in. And all of a sudden, Carrie's back on. And <laughs> I was like, it's hack. You're good. <laughs> so yeah, warrant it. Yeah, so who saved your fucking ass, right, that day, right? That, okay. that was you. That was you. Cool. And I ran all the way from stage right across the front of the fucking stage. Not <laughs> I didn't even know that. Like, my back was turned, right? Like, I was freaking out. Dude, I didn't even realize buttons. you were out, because I don't have them in my ears. I just have, you know, Gary, right? So I think some, you know, Johnny had to be like, yo, Carrie's out. And I was like, what? And I looked over, and that's when I saw him standing in well, the guitar yeah. world. Because Carrie was standing there looking at me. And I was like, all right. I mean, I was sitting there. Carrie after the show was like, well, I saw you hitting so many fucking buttons. I knew that wasn't good. <laughs> I was like, exactly, I was like, bro. I, was like I knew what was wrong, dude. Like, I knew what was wrong. It just stuff went to shit. Hey, hey, it's called experience, right? How the fuck would you know? I'm serious. I'm not trying to be a dick. No, no. I mean, know? it's valid. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I had no well, place there. Look, like, it also helped the fact that when I ran up and I asked you what was wrong, you also said it was that unit, right? That fit. So I know what I knew what the fuck with instead of you know running up. What's wrong? I don't know. Well, it's gonna take a minute then. You know what I mean? Like, it's valid. All right. So I got one, I got one more question for you, Will. Uh, All right. Seeing as we touched on the machine head shit, because I asked this to Warren, and I know Warren always has a comment on stuff, and, and, and the way he lit up, I have to ask him. Uh, <laughs> so I met uh, Rob Flynn backstage at the last show in 2017, and I was a guest, and we were talking with Gary. I didn't actually know who Rob was, which, you know, whatever. And uh, But he was very nice, right? 
<laughs> whatever. Like, I'm not a fanboy, right? Like, I mean, I've listened to Machine Head. Oh, you're not a fanboy? All right, well, whatever. I was a fanboy Slayer, but whatever. You know, like, I didn't, I didn't know who he was. Nice enough guy and everything. I realized who he was after the show and everything. And then everything I heard subsequently was always fairly negative, right? Like, I, that everybody in his band either gets fired or quits. Like, <laughs> that, like, he, like, everybody, like, has a crazy Rob Flynn story. So I say that to Warren. It was just the other day, because we were talking about you being a Machine Head. And Warren's like, oh, motherfucker, right? Like, because since then, the other people have said, to, like, I've talked to his texts, right? And texts are like, oh, my God, if you don't hit this one button right at the right time, like, Rob will rip your fucking head off. They're like, you have no idea how lucky. Because everybody be telling me stories because, you know, me and Carrie got along great. Like, overall, it was a pretty good fucking experience. And apparently, it, that's not always the case. It's not the norm. And so I figured I had to ask, seeing as you were in Machine Head. Um, I got along with him great, man. Uh, and he's always been cool to me ever since then. Uh, we have a good, good friendship. He's never, I've never seen that side of him ever. Um, I'll, I'll, Dave, I'll tell you our, uh, my Rob Flynn story on another episode. It's <laughs> a funny story, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, even with, with working with other people on that tour, he, I never saw him act up in any kind of dickish way. Like, I've always gotten along with him and he was cool on that tour. Um, I mean, he was, he was a different guy back then. He was pretty wild. And there's some funny stories. Like, uh, I'll tell one quick Rob Flynn story. Uh, cause I actually, my <laughs> iPad is about to die. Uh, okay. but, um, I'll tell one quick story. We were in, uh, I think we were in Montreal on that tour I did. And, um, uh, Neurosis were in town. Their tour was, they were playing the same night as we were. So we decided to combine the shows. So it was Machine Head Neurosis and Stuck Mojo open. Stuck Mojo nice. was not happy about that. But uh, after the show, you know, we, we, people were partying pretty hard. And you know, Rob knows the guys in Neurosis. So we're having a good time. And it was one of the only nights of that tour that we had hotel rooms. So we parked a bus in front of the hotel. And everybody had their own room. And what did, what did we decide to do? We decided to have a razor on the bus and trash our tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> we destroyed that fucking bus. I heard, I heard this story. So. And, and, and Rob is the one who initiated it. And since Robin was the, the team captain, I, I, once, once I saw Rob throw like a – he threw a, a, a big thing of ocean spray – against the TV and the stereo, I all started shorting out. Once I saw him do that, I started smashing shit. And I was like, oh, that He's doing it, he's the boss, you know? Did you, did you, see the, did you ever see a bill for any of that or no? What's that? Did you ever see a bill for that? Did he try to hand you a bill for any oh, of that? Oh yeah, dude, dude. Oh yeah, this is only the beginning of the story. So like, we go, we go crazy. We just destroy everything on this bus. And even the guys in the roaches are looking around going, oh, shit. And they all, like, kind of, like, creep off the bus. <laughs> and we don't even notice they're gone. We're still going crazy. <laughs> going shit. And then, you know, like, after a while, it simmers down. And, and, and Rob's passed out in the, you know, the front lounge on the couch covered in banana. His banana <laughs> smeared all over him. And he's passed out. And, I, and eventually, it turned out that I was the only one left on the bus besides Rob passed out. And I'm looking around, and like Banana. It's, it's, it's raining. It's raining <laughs> the ocean spray from the ceiling. Like it's just dripping. <laughs> oh shit! I better get out of here. I, I think I was, I was, one of our techs 
came on the bus at one point to grab something and looked around and went, oh my God, and they just walked and went away. So I was looking around going, oh shit. So I got off the bus and went to my room. And for like, this is like morning. We were up all night partying. So this is like maybe nine or 10 in the morning. I'm, I'm laying in my bed and I can't sleep because I just know, I know what's, what's, what's on the horizon. And all of a sudden my phone starts ringing in my hotel room. And I answer it, and it's Adam Deuce. He goes, Will, were you on the bus last night? I go, uh, yeah. And he goes, was Rob on the bus last night? And, you know, I don't want to rat out the boss, you know. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. There was a lot of people on the bus. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, get down to the lobby right now. I'm like, oh, shit. So I grab all my stuff, and I go to the lobby. And everyone from the crew and the band and everybody – are sitting in a, in a semi-circle in the lobby. And, uh, and Rob just sitting there looking all hungover. And I sit next to Rob and our tour manager just goes crazy. Like, Why? I gave you all hotel rooms. Why did you decide to have a party on the bus? And I'm looking over at me and laughing, kind of like, just like, yeah, with this little devilish grin on it. Like, and he's like, who the hell? Who the hell threw ocean spray on the TV? And then Rob would be nudging me, like, laughing and stuff. Like <laughs> but we ended, up, we ended up losing that bus and, and getting kicked off that bus company. I bet. <laughs> we weren't sure. We weren't sure if we were able to able to finish the tour, like because other bus companies had heard about what happened. Fuck yeah, like, they heard Fuck about those what happened. Fuck those guys. But we don't want them destroying our bus. But oh, finally, bus. Uh, and then another weird footnote to that story: while we were in the lobby waiting for another bus company to come through, the Jim Road Circus shows up, like that, that freak show, that, that freak show carnival freak show thing. Yeah, yeah. All these. All these freaks come walking into the hotel lobby. We're like, fucking freaks right here. But that was that was the first of two buses lost on that tour. The second bus we lost. Uh, I don't know how he was able to do it, but like, uh, uh, I think it was somewhere in the U.S. And the bus was parked in like a Walmart parking lot. I'm not even sure if Walmart was around back then, but we were in a big empty parking lot. We were parked there. And Adam Deuce figured out how to get the bus started, and he started driving in the road. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like Adam, bro. That's totally <laughs> some Adam. Like joyriding on the bus, and uh, and he, and he he brought it back to where he thought it was parked in the same way, but it was totally like facing the wrong way or something. <laughs> And the bus driver knew that someone had drugs given this bus, so we got kicked off that bus. <laughs> and, then, and then our third bus, the bus driver hated us. He didn't like weed smoking, and there was all kinds of weed smoking going on in that bus. And uh, he, 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 had a, he had it in for us. He really hated us. And he was only on the last couple weeks of the tour. But the, the last show at the Troubadour, uh, he fucking called the cops on us. And he said, there's a bunch of uh, pot smoking going on on my bus right now, right now. And you can oh, totally God. see it billowing out of the, the vent on the top of the bus. Really? It was like a chimney. There was all kinds of people. The people what who died from career were on the bus and all kinds of people were smoking. And so the cop showed up 
and, and I, I, they were going to arrest us at first. And I was the first one to walk off the bus. And I wasn't even smoking at the time. And I walked off the bus and they, 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 were, they handcuffed me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, it's, I'm just getting off the bus with my luggage. Like, you know, I, I was taking off with a friend and staying in L.A. for an extra week. So I was leaving, leaving, and uh, they're like, "Yo, what's going on that bus? Let us on that bus." And I refused to let them on, so they handcuffed me. And eventually, the, the tour manager had to let them on, and they they let me go. And I took off with my friend. I went, we walked a couple blocks to his car, and when we were driving back by the bus, I saw all of the machine head crew emptying the bays of the bus. The bus was supposed to drive. The bus was supposed to drive him back to Oakland, you know, back Holy to the studio. Shit. But they were emptying all their all their shit. The, uh, the fucking bus driver ran out, man. He hated us. So that yeah, they had good luck with shit. the tour buses on that tour. Man. Oh my god! <laughs> so did you ever get in? Like, did they ever try to present you a bill for the damage from that first bus? Uh, like, someone got ever a bill. Like, did you personally ever, like, did Rob ever say, hey, man, you know. No way. No way. Okay. Hell no. But I think Rob did have to pay a bill, though. I think so. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm sure he did. That's fucking brutal. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Whatever, right? So somebody. What a dick, too. The weed guy. What year was that? It was like 97 or something, you said, right? 95. 95. We're still uptight back then. Yeah, yeah. So, like, they had just passed medical in California at that point. And L.A. really wasn't like that. It was really only up in the Bay even at first. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so, so, all right. Well, before, before we, uh, are we, are we, we're going to call it quits for here pretty soon, but uh, yeah. before we go, let, let's, let's clear up the air with uh, about the Chuck Billy thing. Right. So um, Chuck, Chuck Billy recently had a story where, he, you know, he kind of was saying some stuff, whatever, but then let's clear the air. Will you talk to him already and clear the air with him. So everything's cool. Right. Cause there's yeah, not, everything's, a lot of follow up stories cool. about that, you know? So everything's cool with us, man. Uh, uh, I, I contacted him right after I saw that blabbermouth thing, and I was kind of surprised by it. And I was like, "Oh, you know, what's up with that?" And, and he didn't even know what I was talking about. He doesn't read blabbermouth. Smart man. And uh, <laughs> uh, uh, um, yeah, we totally cleared it up. I mean, I, I love the Billies. I love Chuck and Tiff, and we get along great on tour. Like me and Tiff are always laughing and joking around, and Chuck's a good guy. And uh, we're totally cool. We're totally cool. cool. That's cool. how we heard Yo, you, hit, you heard it here first. What's that? You heard it here first then. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, we're totally cool. cool. So That was just a story getting, like, uh, manipulated by, of you know. Of course. You know, oh, yeah, right? yeah, it's like, like how my story, my story about my coma and everything is getting totally exploited yeah. and manipulated right now. Exactly. By Fox News and shit like that. Yeah. So well, that's, that's all it was. We, we, we cleared up some air with this one. You know what I mean? So we, totally. Know, totally. Yeah. All right, cool. Good no stuff. beef at all. Yeah, because like five other outlets picked that shit up. You're right. Like everybody picks it up and then manipulates it a little bit, and then nobody will like do a follow up at all. And like, yeah, Chuck and Tiff are all of our friends. Like they're good folks. So and, and, and it's a whole circle. Like why and, would you and, even fucking print that? You know what I mean? And, yeah, exactly. Especially knowing what everybody knows now versus what we knew then. Like for anybody to even be blowing it out into a big deal. Like Dude, when they when they asked him that question, you know, nobody even knew what the fuck was even going on. Probably, exactly. Right. So, yeah. Whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Cool, so, exactly. All right. Yeah. Dude, we just thank thank you for uh for coming on, man. Thank yeah, you great everybody. fucking interview. Oh, my man. Pleasure. Like we really appreciate it. Like this was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah, my pleasure, man. Cool. A lot of laughs. I knew it'd be a, a funny discussion, you know. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's always a good time, man. Always a good time, bro. So all right, cool. But dude, uh, you know, we'll be in touch. Um, 
dude, keep keep the uh, therapy up. You know what I mean? You want to do? Yeah. Uh, do did you want to do? Uh, like, oh yeah, announce uh, anything, talk about anything? Uh, yeah. Before we uh, wrap it up, uh, I have a, a radio show every Monday. It's called Gimme Radio. Now, now it's called Gimme Metal because they have a, a country station that's doing really well as, as well. So uh, it's called Gimme Metal. Uh, my show is called The Fool Metal Jacket, F-O-O-L, because I try to incorporate comedy into my show, tell a lot of funny stories and shit. Um, but it's, a, it's an app that's free to download. You can download it on your phone or your computer, your tablet, whatever. And uh, it's a 24-hour heavy metal. Oh shit! Hold on. You guys there? Yep. Yeah, yeah, we're here. We're here. It's a 24-hour uh, heavy metal radio station, and it's got like Dave Mustaine has a show, Randy Blythe has a show, uh, uh, Ross the Boss. There's lots of different uh, personalities from the heavy metal world have shows. And it's a really cool thing because it's free. Um, and my show is every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The Full Metal Jacket. That's oh, all yeah. cool. that's, that's all I need to plug. <laughs> do, do, do they I know you Google that or do, is there like a website you want to give out for that? Oh, uh, it's just a, a gimmemetal.com or gimmeradio.com, one or the other, either one. And there's an app. I think there's actually an app you can load onto your phone and just be able to Yeah, pull yeah, the feeds. you can go to Google Google Apps and there's an actual app you can download. Yeah. All right, cool. So everyone make sure you know you go check that out and support what everyone's doing over there for sure, man. Cool, right cool. on. Love it. All right, dude. Well, thank you very much, Will, for your time. Uh, you know, stay, stay safe, stay healthy, keep keep on the edibles, and uh, dude, we'll talk soon. All right. Cool, man. See you guys. Right, we'll see you out there. Bye bye. Take care, man. Take care. All right. That was fucking awesome. How was it, dude? It was good. Yeah. I mean, Will is fucking awesome. Like, yeah, that's he's a great. He's a great guest. You know what I mean? The guy's fucking thirty-year veteran of the Bay Area, touring for fucking since he was a little kid. You know what I mean? So, I mean, touring since high school. Like, yeah, I mean, bro, you know, with bands shows, that doing all that shit, shit fucking bands the entire time. Like, I love it. And see, I told you, like, his fans are good people, dude. They're good people. Like people that grew up listening to Kiss. Sure. You know, Frank from Hatebreed's good dude. Will Carroll, you know? You, not so much, bro. Not so fucking much, though. I mean, Sorry. it's part of what makes me a good person. I'm just saying. Uh, like, dude, you're the worst, man. He just proved it right there. He just proved it. Like, but listen, he's, he, he's, you know, he's a good guy, too, right? Right. He's real down to earth, you know? So that's why, like, all those stories, you know? Good um, fucking we, people, man. We, good we get people. him every night and, and uh, get him to hang out and tell stories. You know what I mean? So You know, d despite everybody being kind of a bunch of, you know, misfits and, you know, somewhat degenerates, especially, you know, you and the people you introduced me to, overall, the people oh, I've what met. Are you, what are you trying to say, <laughs> motherfucker? Geez. Overall, I've met some great fucking people out there on the road and, like, in the whole music scene and everything. Like, there's all just a bunch of good fucking dudes. Even, yeah, like... There's also a bunch of fucking snakes out there too, though. Don't forget, just like any industry, though, really. Right? I've been, so, yeah, it's a horrible industry, but I'm in the weed industry. The weed industry is actually the only industry possibly any worse. Fucking industry. Any yeah, fucking those industry, two are bad. Those two are exceptionally bad. They parallel each other. Bad, like, dude, what about like Wall Street back in the fucking 90s and 80s, bro? Yeah, yeah, but it was different, right? Like, it was a different sort of, it's a different kind of snake and a different sort of shady, right? Than what you deal with in music and weed. Like it, they're kind of degenerates on this side. It's a different level of. Well, so a degenerate wearing a five thousand dollar fucking suit is the only goddamn difference, bro. Well, yeah, in a different like they normally like they got master's degrees and shit, and they're all playing with like a different level of, of evil, you know, than you know just they're being a, just being snakes, a thug. Same fucking snakes, bro. It's all the same, bro. It is all the same. 
So listen, hey, let's real let's touch base real quick on uh, what he talked about, dude. So do you think like his his coma right when he was in his coma? Now do you think that that um like maybe what he saw was almost like what he you know like his idea basically of what heaven and hell was and that's what manifested and that's what projected that could be it right <coughs> i mean you know that's almost like if we really want to get deep into this shit, you know what i mean you know or it could be like it, it, you know it could go either or right i i, I wasn't there i didn't i don't know what he fucking saw you know what i mean i mean he even that's said right it's like the visual depiction it. is a lot like what you would expect it to be from like sure. what you were taught from hollywood and shit sure sure I don't know if it does it matter if because if that's the reality that you see because you know that that's pretty much going to be for everybody because that's how all of us are influenced into what we think it is. Well, no, I mean, let's say some people think you know what I mean. Um, um, some people think uh, you know whatever fucking other things paradise right. Not everyone thinks that fucking everyone that that heaven's people, a fucking Roman orgy, bro. You know what I mean? No, no, or maybe but like, you think, do you think maybe well, was, so? That's the fucked up thing, right? Well, on, it's like here's the, here's nobody the, would think that. Well, so maybe, maybe that's, how could, how could that be his, his inherent depiction based on Hollywood? Hollywood has never depicted heaven as a Roman orgy. The movie right? Caligula, what are you talking about, bro? The movie Caligula was a, like a fucking point in time. It wasn't about heaven. Yeah, you're okay. You're right. I mean, so fuck's you know sake, that was about what, Roman orgies. Well, how about, do you think maybe all the, the movie the Caligula, dude, the movie dude. fucking Caligula is what you <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, do you think? Do you think um, <laughs> do you think it had to do with anything like they were giving them, like the medicine and stuff like that? Even if it was, right? Like, dude, his his heart attack in hell syncs up with his heart attack in that's in fucking dude, reality. That's some shit, man. It's some crazy, that's crazy shit. How crazy is that, right? Here's the fucked up thing: is that I would think his depiction of hell may be influenced by everything that like media has given us over our course of our lives but to roll up into heaven and have it be frightening as balls and like this crazy extreme orgy thing that's like freaking you the fuck out there's no way that was like burned into your brain like that's weird man it's fucking weird it's like it, it may change the way i think about shit which is fucked up like i gotta kind of digest this for a little while like that was well, i mean that's big right i mean he had a fucking spiritual experience bro not it changed the way he's gonna approach life well fuck yeah well, well who you know what i mean who wouldn't bro i mean only nikki six is the only dude i know that fucking woke up out of a goddamn uh, uh um dying from an overdose and then fucking went home and shot up again you know what i mean like that's crazy right you know what i mean <laughs> That's fucking hard, bro. He's he's sober now, right? That's the thing. If you go well, yeah, that, yeah, if you go now. that, if you go that hard, to oh, Rose, then you end up either dead or sober, right? Yeah, like, I mean, that is a fucking. That's the ultimate, right? You wake Will up seems to have a little more balance, right? Like Will's oh, able to approach this and be like, okay, here's I'm not going to do this. This was extreme. This is where some balance is, right? Like it's an interesting. The, like, the story take. is he woke up in a fucking hospital with an IV, like ripped the IV out, like blood dripping out, just like left the hospital, went home, went to his bathroom and shot up. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I, I, I like, I, I follow, uh, I follow him online and shit, but I've never read his book or anything. Oh, dude, you gotta read, oh, come on, man. You gotta read The Dirt. I, I gotta I read the, the movie, but you gotta read The Dirt and you gotta read uh, his, uh, his, his other thing, his solo thing, right? The heroin I was gonna diary. say The Heroin Diaries is what I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, the, again. The Dirt thing I saw. It's a validity, you know, like, bro, I don't know. Like, you did all I know about the band stuff. Like, I'm more curious really about like, you know, the heroin diaries. 
does he really remember all that stuff though? Like, I don't know. I've mean, never done heroin. heroin. You know, I always watch those addiction, like that recovering addiction show, and I like, wonder if heroin would be a lot of fun because those people that are on it, it's like somebody goes from being totally normal to like being really into heroin. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm sure it's probably so. It's fun, like it's fun, gotta be awesome. Only, yeah, but the only thing is, bro, like look, it you destroys know, your it, life and shit, and it'll kill you and uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It's not worth it, but <laughs> but it, it does seem awesome. <laughs> like it, like, every time I watch one of those, me and Beth like goof on, and like it's like, dude, like man, that was I mean, so fun. May have to fucking smoke some heroin or something sometime. Like these dudes seem like they are into it. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking stupid bro you're fucking stupid still that shit was fucking so right insane. now are you telling me you're fucking encouraging drug use no no not at all heroin's fucking stupid right like that's the thing it's like people that do that kind of shit kill themselves or they end up having to go sober like there's no balance doing that it's like doing cocaine the only point in doing cocaine is doing a bunch more cocaine <laughs> <laughs> yeah that shit sucks dude yeah but um yeah so who knows right <laughs> but that was a, it was a fucking good story, right? That was so a great fucking story. All right, so I mean, that's let's a- touch base. Hey, let's touch base real quick on where we uh, left off in the beginning of the show, right? We left off with the uh, the Austin story. Do we want to finish that, or do we want to? Um, let's just leave that, man. Like we can get back into those stories, right? Like I mean, okay. you know, I mean, my my travesties on the road during my short stint as a professional guitar tech are will be a, a recurring theme. I I, I am sure. It was oh, actually yeah, your bro. life. Like I dabbled my toe into it and decided instead of dabbling my toe, I was going to dive in head first, damn near break my neck, do it for a while. I still, I, I, I may have been the best there ever was, but you know, I mean, the I, fuck out of here, bro. Oh, uh, so I hold just, on. We just, just my, we, we just didn't give my, we just didn't give myself, podcast. we just didn't give myself enough time to really go out there and fully, you know, submerse myself into that being my career. But you know, I would have been the best there ever was. You know it. So you're saying you're 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 gonna surpass dudes like Anderson, huh? So you know that I would be amongst the best there ever was. <laughs> you fucking clown ass motherfucker. You fucking jerk. That was so a great you know, fucking so show. So you're gonna be like in the in the caliber of like Eric Coleman, right? Like you know, Stu Mac guy, yeah. Anders Aho, you gonna be in that caliber, yeah. Grady champion, Grady champion, dude, fucking like, been. bro, like been. fucking. Like last minute rigged fucking dime bags guitars and fucking did all that shit. You would have been up there, like all, did all that crazy shit, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I just, if I, you know, I had to step out. Like it, it wasn't my place. It wasn't my time. <laughs> it wouldn't have even matter. I could actually, had I stayed in, it would like touring doesn't even exist right now. Like I could have just stepped out, and dropped the mic, and been like, well, I guess the whole fucking industry's over. Like I'm out. Bro, guess what? I picked the best year to retire, right? So I mean. Savage. That whole thing, like, we got to talk about that on the next episode because that was some good yeah. shit. Like, I mean, yeah, we'll get into that. So, we have to like drop that where it was, like, because that was a great fucking episode. But like, we got to dive into like where where's touring going from now. Like, I know that the guys were doing like Roadie Friday Zoom meetings so that everybody could hang out and drink together and shit. Like, you know, when is it coming back? Are those guys getting busy? Yeah, we'll get into all that. We'll get into all that. All right. So then, then let's uh, you know, let's stop recording or you know, sign off and. uh Call it a day and then... This is a good fucking first episode.